Hey, this is Michael Rosso, Film Photography Podcast. I'm here in the studio today with Matt Mirage. Hey, how's it going, guys? And this is Film Photography Podcast, episode number 70, November 15th, 2012, also known as the PDN Photo Expo Wrap-Up Shoe. <laughs> what shoe? <laughs> now, for folks out there who don't know, PDN is the Photo District News, Photo Plus Expo. And if you go to pdnonline.com, you could find, figure, you, know, you could see what the whole world of PDN is, Photo District News. And they actually have a news blog. Like a daily, yeah. Yeah, oh, I get their emails and all that. Good news, stuff. Yep. features, gear, contests, blogs, classifieds, and they have an awesome print magazine. So uh, this show, what show? <laughs> at the end of October this past year, both myself, Matt, John Fideli, Dane Johnson, Mark Dalzell, Alex Laux, the whole gang. The whole gang. We started going back when FPPs first started, and actually, that, that's your fourth year, then, yeah. Uh, that's where I met Matt. Yes. Our, uh, Two years ago. Second anniversary. Matt and I's uh, second anniversary. I met Matt at the PDN two years ago. Maybe hard to believe because last year we were like, if for folks listening, you can go to the archive uh, last October. We were like, oh my God, best show ever. Never be topped. It was, a, it was a frenzy of film. Kodak was thrilled to see us last year. Film flying everywhere. We went to the Fuji booth last year. Film just like, it was like raining film last year. I yes. remember. Saying, oh, my God, God, best ever. ever. And I just said to Matt before we started rolling, I'm like, you know what? I think this show was better. It was calmer, but but there was still an underlying uh, excitement. Oh, there was tons of excitement. And the film was flying. It was, and it might not seem as much, like there wasn't as much fr- like film frenzy as there was last year, but there was definitely uh, just as much, if not more, film flowing. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. So we're going we're gonna to get right into it. Uh, we're going to get right into it. I, will, I would like to announce that we are doing uh, uh, some exciting giveaways for this show. What show? Uh, Kodak was kind enough to donate film to the FPP for this show for people who showed up. They were goodie bags. Yes, uh, and they were great goodie bags. Yeah, it was like Tri-X, some T-Max, Kodak some, Ektar. Some, the last of the Chrome. Last of the Chrome, uh, Kodak Portra. FPP sticker, a button. button. I don't know if we have any buttons left. But later on, we are going to be giving away an instant camera, courtesy of Fujifilm. We want you to keep tuned in. Don't don't change that dial. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. I'm here in the studio with Matt. We're doing a live spot for... Mm, what should we do a live spot for? You know what's popular? The debonair. Oh, my gosh. The plastic, fantastic. Yep. 
easily the coolest 120 toy camera out there. 120 toy camera FPP found 2,000 cameras up in Rochester, New York. Rochester. They're now in the FPP store. It's 19.99 US, and while supplies last, you get the camera and a roll of 120 film. We've been selling it now for a month or so, and it's usually popular. We're sending out a lot of cameras per per week. As a matter of fact, I, some of the folks at the show that we ran into had ordered from the FPP store. Lately, myself, Matt, and Leslie from Imagine That. Hey, imagine that. <laughs> Sprockets. Oh, they just look fantastic, Mike. Uh, we Instead of using 120 film in the FPP Debonair, which is a 120 plastic camera, Myself, Matt, and Leslie have been dropping in 35-millimeter cartridges. It fits perfectly. All you need is, like, a piece of, like, uh... Packing peanuts? Packing peanuts. Some gaffer's tape? Yeah, one on each side. And Ooh. you're good to go. It fits in perfect and... Nice and snug. Nice and snug, and it, it creates, uh, your image on 35-millimeter film includes the image onto the sprocket area of the film, which is... Very cool. When people see that, they're like, whoa, how'd you do that sprocket photography? <laughs> So the FPP Debonair Film Photography Store dot com. I know it sounds funny. Be like, hey man, you got a, you have two thousand of them. It's a limited amount. Think about it. That's it. How many you guys, guys and girls out there listening? We have way over two thousand listeners listening to FPP regularly. Get it now. It is the coolest camera. A number one recommended by myself, Matt, Leslie. Mark O'Brien from the Crappy Camera Club. Yep. <laughs> Anyone that's used it so far, two thumbs up. So, filmphotographystore.com, 120 film cameras, there it will be. Check it out. Hey, we're back. Uh, let's get right to it, PDN Photo Expo. And we came in and we met everyone in registration. And I just want to do a real quick... Uh, uh, Roll call? Yeah, roll call of everyone that showed up. We had uh, our good friend Brandon Nedwick. He was there. Anton. Anton Andreas. Anton Andreas. Always well-dressed. Yep. Yes. Alex Laux. We had uh, Ted Gallucci. Ted Gallucci. For those packing who know. Packing the 3D. Packing the 3D camera. Also, for a future giveaway, Ted gave us... A, a Polaroid, beautiful NIB, new in box, Polaroid Impulse camera. Nice. Future episode giveaway. Uh, Chris Stolpe. Yeah. Chris was there. Jim Peruta. Of course, Brian Reynolds. Uh, Joseph Brunges. Yep. Andy Sutcliffe, who I call Andy Hohokas. Hohokas, yep. <laughs> He's Hohokas on the Flicka. The Flicka. The web designer supreme, Michael Kalia, and family. And family, Erica and Lily. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Lily is now shooting. Now shooting, and she can point at a camera and name what it is. She yes. saw my, she saw my camera pointed, said Hasselblad, and she is all of them two. two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, start them young. Eric Ang and Dad and Dad Michael Sanchez, and of course the FPP gang: myself, Matt, John Fideli, Dane Johnson, Mark Dalzell. The FPP guys, Hunter Man on the Street, yep, and FPP, as I mentioned, FPP contributor Alex Laux. So the gang was all there. And then who showed up in the lobby? Phil from The Dark Room. Phil Stebley, he runs thedarkroom.com. Uh, folks out there who have been listening to the show know that we've been talking about The Dark Room. Phil and his partner, Keith, they started the company back in the 1970s out of their garage. <laughs> awesome. We're going to be talking about that when we intro a segment with him. But the uh, awful full-service processing is easy-peasy to use. We'll be talking about that later. But let's get right into it. Kodak, 
Kodak was there. I received an email from uh, Audrey, uh, John Keir, and Tim Rugo. Rugo? Rugo. And Tim... Rugo. Yes. And Tim <laughs> from Kodak. And special thanks to Colleen also in the PR department because Kodak sent a big box to FPP of film before the show for us to give out in the yeah, goodie bags. That, you know, Kodak has been really you know, instrumental in helping us with our, our meetups mm-hmm. and just having, you know, good, I don't know if you want to call it, you know, prize support or participate, you know, Patori film, something to give out to folks and say, you know, Kodak cares about what you're doing because you care about film. So Yeah, absolutely. They've been really helpful with that, and it just really helped the day flow. You know, we kind of had a schedule to things. We had stuff to give out. It created um, the energy on the spot of uh, when we go to Kodak starting last year and this year, like, we're just greeted, uh, such a warm greeting Oh, yeah. It's from not Kodak. just a random, oh, who are you guys? Yeah, no. yeah. When we show up, it's like... the. The folks at Kodak, their their faces light up. Matt, you have the opportunity to talk to Tim. Oh, yeah. So uh, Tim Hugo, great guy. He handles um, North American sales west of the Mississippi. They pulled him out east just long enough to uh, give us a great interview. He's been with the company 33 years, really knows his way around film, very passionate about film. His face just like kept lighting up every time someone would bring out a camera. He'd be like, oh, my God, is that a Hasselblad? Oh, my God, is that a Rolleiflex? Like... Loved seeing loves us film. there. Yeah, loves film, loves seeing us there. And just could really tell he was just happy to see other folks that are as passionate as he is. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's roll the audio tape. Hey, guys, this is Matt Mirage here at the Photo Plus Expo 2012. I'm here at the Eastman Kodak booth, which is looking beautiful today. I'm here with uh, Mr. Tim Ryugo. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, very nice. So, if, so Tim, your film sales—you're our best friend right now. So, what's uh, you know, what's the state uh, of Kodak right now? Things are looking pretty happy, pretty friendly. We have a long line of folks waiting for film. Yeah, the Kodak film portfolio is continues to be strong year to date. Uh, our sales revenues are up, and and the film support, the, the photographers that shoot film have been so supportive, so energetic, so passionate about the films that they use and uh, and continue to sh- uh, shoot film and really we really appreciate the support and coming down here at Photo Plus East to uh, visit our booth. Great. So um, being a, a large format shooter myself, um, we have Keith Canham here today. He's kind of representing the, the small niche of uh, large format guys. We're still going to see the, uh, the portfolio extend into the large format realm with the special orders and the portraits in stock? Uh, yes, we do have a series of uh, large format films that are, are available for Keith for special order. 8x10, 11x14, 16x20, as well as some of those odd sizes, as you will, 8x20, 717. Exactly, yeah, all the for stuff. sure. So okay. those are still available for um, through Keith Canham. And then we also have our 4x5 product through um, Portra 400, uh, Portra 160. So we still have 4x5 large format uh, films available as well as a stock item. Great. Yeah, I just bought some uh, 8x10 Ektar for an upcoming project, a lot of it. So it's, it's good to know you guys are supporting all across the board. You know, the 35, still the great selection, 120, it's still there. And, you know, to know that you can also get it in 4x5, it just put, brings a smile to your face. Great. I can see you have to be here, but you can see Matthew's smile uh, <laughs> gleam pretty wide right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's Well, I mean, there's 
there's a lot of uh, younger folks in line, folks that have definitely been shooting film for a couple of years. What's what's your take on the you know the younger audience? Are they starting to pick up on film? I, I see the younger audience, uh, that segment of the population shooting film, just exploding, primarily because uh, some of the students that have shown up uh, the high school still have a darkroom program. They're shooting 35. They're finding their parents' uh, older cameras, whether it's 35 or two and a quarter, and as well as expanding into the toy camera realm with Holga and uh, Lamography as well. So we're seeing uh, a total explosion in that area where two and a quarter uh, medium format films are becoming more popular and our black and white films because of the high schools are, are mu is much of our business as well. Perhaps uh, 60 to 70 percent of our film business is black and white. Oh wow, I would have never guessed that much. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's really a large, large business and we we're so grateful for the for the educators, uh, for the high schools and colleges that still continue to teach the basics of photography in their photo programs. Oh, very cool. Okay, so I have to just do a quick plug here because you mentioned plastic cameras, yeah. medium format. Of the new camera that we just started getting at the FPP store is this little guy. This is the Plastic Filmtastic Debonair. It's a 645 camera. It takes 120 film. I'm shooting 35 in there right now. You can shoot uh, 35 on the sprockets. And they're just... 645. 645, yeah. little $20 plastic camera, but it's... Uh, throw some Kodak in there, and it's just amazing the results you can get from it. Just such a cool little thing. Well, that's great. Yeah. This, this is awesome. And Matthew, if you need some uh, Kodak film to throw in there, I'll be glad to give you as much as you want today. Oh, you got some 8x10 back then? <laughs> I always got to ask. Might have some in my, um, in my uh, stash at home. Maybe I can uh, send you. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much, yeah. Tim, for uh, talking with us today. And 33 years of Kodak, I hope there are many, many more to come. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, uh, Matt, uh, you got back on the audio recorder with Tim because there's some kind of appy that just came out. <laughs> An appetizer. <laughs> appetizer. Well, close enough. We had the Kodak, just a, a couple days before the PDN, announced the Kodak Professional Film app available for the iPod and iPad. Um, and Tim, just, Tim and me just go through all the cool little details on this app. Um, it's just a great little handy thing for folks that are just starting into film. And want to just kind of explore the Co the Kodak film offerings and see what's good for what, where you can get it processed, right? And uh, who sells it? So it's just a great all-in-one application. Let's listen. Okay, guys, uh, I'm back here with uh, Tim Ryugo again from Kodak, and Kodak just a couple days ago released this really really cool app, the Kodak Professional Film App. Can you tell us a little more about it? Well, this film app is an iPhone iPad app that can allow you to. Uh, find out what types of film, how to use the film, what film formats are available, as well as where to buy the film and where to process the film in the U.S. Actually, it's a worldwide app, so it could be done uh, in multiple countries. But we've really focused in on, with this show, the U.S. Uh, marketplace. Well, that's really cool. So um, I can just, like, so the iPhone knows my location. I can just say I'm in uh, Rochester, New York. Where can I get my film processed? Well, when you click on the app, where the process film is more applicable to, work, to that question, where okay. to buy the film is more just the names of companies, retail organizations that sell film, and then you would have to do some 
uh, investigation as to where that location is. Okay, that's pretty cool though. That uh, that's even there. So um, let's just go over the menu real quick. So type of film that lists the the portfolio of like uh, Ektar, Portra, T Max, Triax. Okay. And the next item of what film to use is what films are used for sunsets, uh, birthdays, inside, outside. So it, it covers those aspects. So. There's no one right answer? No. <laughs> Kodak, right? <laughs> yeah, Kodak, exactly. As well as uh, film formats, so 35 millimeter, uh, 120 medium format, as well as 4x5, so it'll tell what uh, portraits, what film formats, those are available into as well. Final two is where to buy film. Again, is the retailers that sell film in the marketplace in the U.S. And then where to process film is um, are those labs that use Kodak chemicals to process their... Uh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Well, this sounds like a really great app. I'm going to download mine right now. This is a really great looking app. It's got some cool imagery and it looks like it will help a lot of folks that are just starting to learn film or just get into discovering all the awesome professional films you guys make. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking forward to seeing how many folks download this app because we think it will be very helpful to the uh, population at large as well. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, Tim. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me again. For folks out there listening, Kodak, still manufacturing film, it's yeah. gonna, everything's going to be okay. Oh, it's going to be great. You know, uh, some folks, uh, when we got to the Kodak booth, you could kind of hear some murmurs like, oh, it looks really small. F remember, folks, n not even a month ago was Photokina. That's right. A show that's so big it only happens once every two years. Yes, this is and the small show. This is the show where if you have money left over, you show up. Right. <laughs> and considering that, PDN was still huge this year. Yes, yeah. So it takes a lot yeah. of uh, financial strain to get to, for a company to get yeah. there and be there for three days, two of which are weekdays. Yeah. Also in the Kodak booth, Mr. Keith Canham. Oh, Keith is a great large format ambassador, I yes. kind of say. Um, really keeping the, the niche films and specialty orders in line mm -hmm. for folks. Um, he started the program three years ago, or no, two years ago when I first came. So this is the third PDN he's been to. And I talked to him then, and he's just as positive now, and he's got some great news for us. So let's take a listen. Yeah, great. Hey, folks, Matt Mirage here. I'm on the PDN Photo Plus Expo 2012 floor, back here with uh, Keith Canham, large format extraordinaire, maker of some of the finest large format cameras out there, and the only guy to go to when you have a special order for Kodak large format sheet films. So, Keith, uh, How's, how's the large format ordering been going with you guys? Um, large format sheet film's been really good, the large, um, especially the special order stuff. We, uh, in fact, right now we're in the midst of an order that's got 500 boxes of uh, 8x10 T-Max 100. Oh, beautiful. And we have also are waiting on an order um, to, it, that's been made. It'll be delivered in the next few weeks of 11x14 Triax film for a customer. And we're shipping 12x20 Portrait in China. Oh, my gosh. It's it's uh it's actually been really quite really quite good, because um, we can we can literally get you sheet film of any of the six Kodak emulsions in any size you can possibly think of, as long as one of the dimensions is smaller than 40 inches. Or I, I think we can handle 40 inches or smaller. <laughs> so if you want to shoot 40 by 60 film, if you've got a camera for it, we can get it, we can get the film from Kodak. But I tell people here at the show that I can I can literally get film that's like. 8 and 5 eighths inches by 22 and 15 sixteenths. If that's the kind of film that you need to take the pictures, we can do it. Now, the minimum order is pretty big for most people, but 
hey, you know, if you're shooting film, maybe you got to stock up or, or for that special project. Yeah, you need to be consistent. So. That's right. You need you need to get the film in, and you need to be able to do the creative, you know, do the creative things that you're going to do with your film. Okay, so uh, just go over for our listeners again. What are those six emulsions you can get in crazy sizes? Okay, so in color. Um, Kodak makes Portra 160, Portra 400, and Ektar. Okay. And in black and white, they do T-Max 100, T-Max 400, and then the Tried and True Tri-X film that they've been making for years. Okay, fantastic. So I remember on the site for a while, there was also some Ektachrome, but I don't think we're getting that in custom sizes anytime soon. No, they've they, Kodak has totally stopped making the E6 films. The marketplace just got so small that they couldn't afford it any longer. Although the, it is kind of interesting, right before they stopped making the Ektachrome, um, Kodak was good enough out of the last batch that they made that we had uh, 1220 Ektachrome made and 11 by 14 Ektachrome made. Amazing. So there's still some, even now that I'm sure they haven't shot all of their big film in Ektachrome, but I can't even imagine what a 1220 Ektachrome must look like. No, 8, 810 is enough to knock my socks off, so I couldn't, I couldn't imagine bigger. Yeah, 12 by 20 has got to be just eye-popping. I can, you know, put it up in a window or a light box behind oh, yeah. it must be something great. 12 by 20 is my dream format. I'm either going to have a, a Canon 12 by 20 someday, or I, no, I can't even think of a comparable one because you just make such fantastic cameras, sir. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you know, <laughs> when it comes to 1220, the, the other thing is, is that it seems these days, to a large extent, the choices have to either be me or something old like a Corona. And, and to those, you're putting in just as much money to make it stable or shootable. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. It's an old camera, and there's a high probability that it was used a lot. It, just yeah. like just like an automobile, when it gets used a lot, it needs some repair work done on it. So mm-hmm. it's about right. Well, very, well, very cool. And, uh, you know, we, ha- we were having a little chat earlier about, uh, you know, what the mentality should be of somebody that's shooting large format in this, you know, state of constant change that the whole film world's going through. Um, you know, and what what should uh, a large format shooter expect if they want to keep shooting, you know, their favorite color emulsion in, say, 11 by 14? Well, I, I think there's a couple of things that needs to change. One, one of course, is a special order um, idea. And it may mean that you're going to have to invest a fair amount of money initially so that you have film available in your refrigerator so that it's always there. But in sizes like 1220 or 717, I think that's been true for a long, long time. Yeah. But um, when we talk about even the more standard sizes, I think that one of the major changes that we as photographers have to realize or take into account is that most cities don't have stores anymore that stock a lot of film. So I can't choose on Saturday morning if the weather's nice to say, oh, well, I'm going to take pictures today, run down to stop by the photo store, pick up a box of film and go out and shoot. I've got to have it in my refrigerator ready to go. And when I get back, i got to start thinking about ordering the, the new film, mm-hmm. you know, from wherever I, wherever I choose to get it from, but getting it in my refrigerator again so that when I get ready to go out and shoot, I'm prepared. It's, it, it just can't be a last-minute thing anymore. Like, I think, it, well, which is the way I grew up. You know, okay. I could easily, I, I grew up that way. I could just drop it and get what I wanted any time. It was easy. I don't think that's, I don't think that's um, reality anymore. It doesn't mean film's not available. It just means it's available in a different way. Okay, so just kind of get ready to stock up, spend a, a little more money than you normally would for a film order, get three times as much as you think you're going to need, or something like that. Well, I think I think that, that I think that that's very true, especially in the special order sizes. I think that it's very true. Um, but even in the standard stuff, if you're shooting four or five and you're shooting tracks, which is a standard stock item in terms of their catalog, any of the Kodak professional dealers can put it in their store, but it, they aren't keeping it the way they. Sh- used to simply because it doesn't sell as fast 
And, and so if you're shooting Tri-X and 4x5, you need to always keep a box in your refrigerator and be responsible for it so that it's there when you need it. Yeah, I, I keep, a, I keep a, a working queue. So I have a couple of boxes of 810 Tri-X in, in room temperature storage in the dark room ready to load. And then I have the stuff in the fridge and then I have the, the deep freeze. And I just rotate out when I'm when I'm done. So yeah, and I think that that's just something that we have to do. I, I kind of am, as I've stood here this weekend and thought about it, and I've seen a lot of young people, um, beginners in uh, photo schools and stuff, that are in their 18, 19, 20 year olds, mm -hmm. and because they didn't, you know, I'm, I'm an older person. It used to be we went, we were used to getting that cheap film at the store. These younger people, they haven't lived in that environment, and I think in the many ways it's going to be easier for them with large format. Because it's always been that they had to that play way, it. yeah. So, so it's not something new to get used to and relearn. It's it's literally what they learned to begin with, and I and so I, that even that I find encouraging because they'll do that those kind of things because it's just the normal thing for them to do. Very cool. And uh, I heard uh, on Facebook earlier this week, you guys also had a kind of a new announcement, uh, camera-wise, right? Well, yeah, we uh, just delivered about a week ago, or just shipped a week ago. We do a conversion kit to take your archive, um, whatever, 4x5 or, five, or 810. We do a conversion kit to 11 by 14 Whoa! So if you want to shoot 11 by 14 on your Arco, um, we build a rear standard that'll clip right on. In fact, the pictures on the Facebook page have um, the rear standard on a, a Discovery, which is the beginning level ARCA camera, mm -hmm. and um, and ARCA builds a great product. I have to tell you, I, I was really, really impressed with how rigid... Just their beginner camera is. Yeah, yeah. well, to have such a big standard on because ARCA didn't design that camera to carry that much weight or that big... A, oh, the 11 by 14 yeah. I mean, it wasn't designed for 11 by 14 backs, but in fact, I really thought that the camera could could handle it well, handle it well enough that I'd be, I'd feel confident going out and using it as an 11 by 14 camera. So, you know, like I say, Arca built a great product and this 11 by 14 just gives you one more option. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you very much for giving us the, the update on all things large format. Where can folks uh, go to special order Kodak film through you? Um, the best way to contact us is on our webpage, which is www. Canham cameras, it's plural.com. And um, on our webpage, on the front page, you'll see a little, um, it's a drop down menu off to the left side that says Kodak Film. There's an inquiry form on there. Fill in the inquiry form and ship it off. And if we don't have something going, I'll add you to the database. And when that film comes up, I'll send you an email and get you, you know, let you know that we're getting something together to see if you want to get involved and participate. Great. Well, thanks a lot again, Keith. You bet. You have a good day. You too. Well, that's awesome. It's fantastic that a guy like Keith is out there, make you know, making it happen. Oh yeah, and you know how I said last year he's uh, he really wanted to kind of bring more more stuff with the the eight by ten camera to get people interested, and he was almost giving little like tutorials or lessons on on the eight by ten as he was just kind of like pitching that and saying, oh by the way, we we still offer all of these different color films. He was just geeked about all the different. Uh, ultra large format color films that they're putting orders in for uh, so that program is doing great and you know he, from the attitude i was getting from him and kodak there's no sign of stopping as far as those ultra large format orders because the, the way the system is yeah it's a little slower in getting your film but these are films that have never been offered in these sizes and the, in these emulsions so it's right. just great yeah fantastic for someone who's getting into large format myself and so many listeners you know it's tempting to get 
you know, there's four by five, eight by ten cameras. They're somewhat standard, but they there's other sizes. Oh yeah, and they're they're dreamy. They're tempting. But yeah, it's it's a whole different mentality of shooting. But like me and Keith talked about, it's a completely different buying scheme from going to CVS and picking <laughs> up a box of film. <laughs> yes, and do like folks from Photostock, those folks, do they buy Canon cameras or get film from Keith Canon? Do you know? Uh, yeah, a lot of the guys that I, I know that go to Photostock, they have. They have like a dedicated film deep freezer, like right. the big cabinet freezer. Yeah. They put film in there and they order with Keith. Um, actually, some folks didn't even know that you could get these Kodak films still. So, you know, there's always, it's always good to talk about this stuff. It's always in having Keith there at the show to kind of like remind people that, right. hey, this is still out there. Right. It's just a great service to the uh, the small but very passionate large format community. Way back in 2011. Uh, <laughs> Way back. <laughs> All 366 days. Uh, I saw, I'm trying to think how I met Phil from the darkroom uh, and how I discovered that the darkroom is actually the source of FPP, the FPP store for the Fuji cold stored 110 film, the 200 ASA oh, 110 right? film. Phil from the darkroom had a huge inventory of it. This, uh, FPP bought it all up and made it available. The Darkroom has been uh, a very good friend of FPP, uh, and we just discovered from from Phil, uh, who was one of the partners at the Darkroom, that the big secret this year is, <laughs> which he's going to update the website, the secret is that the Darkroom will, will process large format film. Large format, um, C41 and E6. E6. Black and white, C41, E6. C41. Starting with you know 110, 126, 35 millimeter, 124 by 5, 8 by 10. We can really say they do it all. They do, and they do a good job. And oh yeah, and you know just from chatting with Phil on and off throughout the whole the whole day because he just he was one of the FPP guys. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And it was just really great because someone had a question, he was right there on it. Yeah. Oh, let me take care of that for you, or let me show you where where we can get you know this order done. So he was just instrumental in helping the day go by smoothly and. You know, I think we're just going to see a big upswing in folks working with the darkroom and yeah. getting great results. John Fideli did uh, a on-the-spot interview with uh, Phil from the darkroom. Let's let's roll that in. Who are you? Who, 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 who? Philip Stebley, and I'm uh, one of the founders of thedarkroom.com. Tell the viewers out there, what is it that the darkroom does? The darkroom is uh, really primarily a dip-and-dunk film lab. That's our... Uh, our primary mission, uh, we run dip and dunk processing for all processes, true black and white, E6 and C41. It allows us to uh, have super clean film. Our black and white, for example, we use a reframer processor and it's a variable speed, so we rack the film and run it through the processor according to the manufacturer's specs for development time. So you get a, a purely processed black and white image, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, few labs do that because very few labs have the sophisticated Refrima equipment. So that's just one of the steps we take to make sure that we're at the top of the game on, on film developing. And, you know, I, there's been a lot of pressure over the last several years with labs closing and, you know, I, that type of thing. And we decided about four or five years ago to really double down and to reemphasize our film services and to even make a further commitment toward film. And it's paying off. We're uh, continuing to grow, and uh, it, it's exciting and fun for us. Yeah, well, we're very glad that you guys are, are taking that approach. It's very encouraging to the whole film community 
to have someone like uh, the darkroom behind all of our hobbies here of, of shooting film and continuing to do it in a digital age. But uh, how long has the darkroom been in uh, operation for? Well, the darkroom's actually, its roots go back 35 years. It started, it originated in San Francisco as a uh, pro and custom lab for uh, photographers in the Bay Area. And then uh, over the years, uh, we expanded and we've added, uh, we moved to San Clemente, California, mm -hmm. Southern California. I want to mention, too, that we do process everything from 110 up to uh, 8 by 10 sheet films. So uh, it's full capacity on the dip and dunk, uh, mm -hmm. again, in all, all three processes. So you do 110, 35, 120, 127? 127, 620, uh, 616. Uh, it's amazing. We get rolls of 616, maybe one or two a week, and they're old as the hills. I mean, 50, 60 years old, and we're still getting images off it. It's so exciting. And uh, our, uh, our lead uh, black and white printer, AJ, he's, uh, you know, the, we've got people in our black and white department that are real craftsmen. They've been doing this trade for all their lives. And, you know, these are, these are not young kids. These, right. are, these are career people and they when they come tracking you down in the lab and run say look at this you know look how old this you know you can see the their eyes light up and there's still that passion after mm -hmm. so many years and so many bumps in the road yeah uh, but well, i'm telling you you telling the story to me i'm getting excited about it because i mean that's amazing to be able to pull images off of something that's 50 years old that that is undeveloped well, again, that's in black and white. Uh, you can have much better success than, say, with color print film or uh, transparency film. That that doesn't have near the staying power. But people ask us every day. You know, I found this old film in my father's closet. You know, do you think there's any hope of getting anything out of it? And then we'll kind of counsel them about, you know, how to you know proceed it's not uncommon we'll get a request somebody found 50 to 100 rolls of film wow. where somebody kept shooting all this film and never developed it and it's like this secret treasure of yeah film. so we say send it all in and what we're going to do is we're going to test one roll and process it normal and then we'll evaluate that and see you know if it's like film maybe we should push it a stop right you know or, or or do something to enhance our ability to get a better image out of it so we've had great success with that and uh, it's exciting to hear back from people uh, you know the, the thrill that they get getting these photos back you know that could be you know 30 20 50 years old it just it's amazing I bet well it sounds like you guys really are taking a, a artistic approach to developing film not just someone that you give the film to and they run it through once and don't worry about it you guys are really taking the time to make sure that everybody's pictures are going to be coming out as best as they can well, the darkroom, the darkroom is, I would have to say, it's more of a passion than a business. It has to be a business in order to, in order to keep things right. moving and to be able to pay people. Uh, you know, the people in, in our organization, uh, they do it for love more than they do it for money. And that's, that's true with, I'm sure, everyone here. Uh, there's, there's a lot of passion behind, you know, the, everything in photography and right. in particular film is just near to dear, obviously, to all of us. You know, we're, we're all film shooters in the lab and they enjoy talking films and seeing the results from the different films we get in because we get, we get uh, hundreds of brands and types of films that come through our lab and uh, it gives us a good... 
Yeah, it gives us a good feel as to what, what different films uh, to use for different, different results under mm -hmm. different conditions. Well, it's great to know you guys are there on the back end for us. With equal passion, the guy's taking the picture. So uh, thanks for your time, Phil. Appreciate it. Okay, appreciate it. Thank right. you, John. All right. That was awesome. You know, uh, we just heard from Phil from the darkroom who, who processes 110 film and will scan it, one of the few places that will do scans for you. Oh, yeah. I think one of two that I know of. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and this is a good time to talk about 110 film in general and the fact that FPP is your source for 110 film. I know everyone out there listening is not into sm the small micro format 110, <laughs> but I I'm always encouraged when I uh, see folks like FPP correspondent Alex Laux. Yeah, he showed up with a Pentax uh, Auto 110. Yeah. You know what? If you're serious about your photography, get a Kodak 110 camera or one of the Minolta or Pentax SLRs and kind of, like, have some fun with Let it. Let loose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fun. And the exciting thing is not only do we have the Fuji 200 ASA, some F Fuji 100 ASA cold store film, but Lomography now makes new film. Yeah, they make the Orca. Orca. Tiger. Tiger. <laughs> and the cat's out of the bag that a red scale film is coming. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be cool. Which I'm going to try. You know, red scale is... it's. Basically, the the image you're shooting it the wrong way. It's inverted in the in the cartridge, so you're shooting through the anti-halation base. Yep. Yeah. So it's red, orangey kind of looks. I wonder what the uh, ISO will be on that film. So usually, when you shoot it like that, it's it's like two stops slower, right? Yeah. So it's probably a 400 film that you, they're having you do at 100. But still, it'll look great. I yeah. mean, it's, I, I've seen Red Scale, and it kind of has a way of, like, mush, you know, mushing the, the grain a little bit because you're <laughs> mush. mushless. It's like it's just a little softer, but it, yeah. it has a cool look to it. It definitely does. And I think for 110, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be definitely the first time that's yeah. been around. Today we're doing, we're doing our spots live on the show, so I, I can't help it. Hey, we're back! <laughs> <laughs> Let's chat with some of the folks who showed up at the uh, PDN, like Alex Laux. Uh, so what'd you bring today to the show to shoot? Uh, today I brought my uh, Pentax Auto 110. Mm. I seem to have uh, gotten bit by the 110 bug inadvertently. I never thought I would, but... Yeah, nobody does. The cameras are just so cool. Yeah. I also well, especially that one. It's very yeah. cool. It's very uh, systematic. you got a lot of things going on with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you put the power winder on it, and it fits in my big mitts. So it's Power like, winder for 110. Go figure. I know. It's crazy. I mean, how could you pass that up, really? You can, especially when it was given to you for free. Oh, dog. <laughs> uh, so what kind of film are you shooting in it? Well, I got the uh, Orca 100. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to this, I have my Contax G2 loaded with Tri-X and a Roloflex uh, TLR loaded with Porter 400. Oh, beautiful. So I don't know if one of those cameras is your favorite camera, but amongst all of your camera gadgets, what is your favorite, favorite camera? The uh, two uh, what I call crown jewels within my camera are my Roloflex and my 1950 Leica 3C. Ah, ooh, beautiful. Are those the two cameras you shoot with most often? Uh, yeah. No, the one that really comes out and is truly a workhorse is my Pentax 645. Ah, Pentax. Yeah. And the 110 Pentax. You're a Pentax guy now. So what do you like about the FPP? I like the FPP because it's just so positive, it's so friendly, and it's so accessible. Great. Are you learning anything from it, or are you just laughing? Both. Oh, excellent. And, uh, well, we didn't go inside the show yet, but is there anything inside the PDN that you're looking forward to, or are you just a browser today? 
I'm, I've already, uh, I've been here since 10, so I uh, did my walk around, did uh -huh. some browsing, talked with people, so. What do you think? What's your impression? Is film dying? Film is not dead. It's <laughs> not anywhere close to being dead. Okay, and who, who's giving you this information? <laughs> just uh, the sheer number of people who um, just wandering around New York for the past uh, several weeks who have just come up to me with my Roloflex, with my contacts, with my Polaroids, basically going, I didn't know you could still get that. I'm like, well, yeah, you can. Oh, I have my uncle's old camera. Where right. can I get the film for right. it? Oh, well, you go to B&H or Adorama. Right? Here's the films you want to use. Well, see, you're, sp you're on the grassroots level of split spreading the word of film because that's kind of what we're doing with FPP because people still out there really have no idea that these formats are accessible and they can be used today. They People just write them off. It's amazing how, how that's happening in the digital age. So. Oh, yeah. Well, when I, um, I, uh, I do professional photography on the side, uh, oftentimes I'll show my clients, I shoot at least one or two rolls of film during portrait sessions, and I'll show them the images, and the ones they always pick as their favorite, all film, always the film shots, the digitals. So there you go. Film is not dead. Well, thanks, Alex. I appreciate your time. Fairly new to the FPP are the Jersey Boys. Oh, the good old Jersey Boys. Yeah, yeah, Dane Johnson and Mark Dalzell, who also happen to be part of the the experimental rock and roll group, the Smooth Sailors. And also John Fidelis in the Smooth Sailors, as well as FPP friend uh, Kevin Neblung. They're just going to start dragging us along, Mike. <laughs> yeah, well, Tuesday, you know, the Smooth Sailors are my testing ground for cameras. Every Tuesday night, I hit the rickety road, I, in, I, I jump in John Fidelis. This is the routine. I jump in John Fidelis' car, head to Jersey City, where the Smooth Sailors have their rehearsal space, which you were at. Yeah, it's just the same as when I went the couple times. Yeah. So It's sort of like the Jersey City version of this building we're in right now. Very much. It's an they old... They have a cooler elevator. Yes, service they do. Elevator. Yeah. Yes, they do. Uh, so every Tuesday night, I, I, I hop in John's car. I go down to the Smooth Sailors rehearsal. And whatever camera I'm testing, I shoot it up. So is it still a mess of cameras like the, the times I went? Like, oh, they're well. They're like everywhere. Uh, <laughs> this is the anniversary of Dane and Mark of... <laughs> Them getting into film photography. So they each bought like a hundred more cameras. <laughs> I thought at first it was just a fad, but as I started going to smooth sale rehearsal, like you go and they'd be like a, just a huge box, an eBay lot. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. They have a piano. Yeah, it's just, and it's never in use because there's just camera stuff all over it. <laughs> it's like a pile of like lot stuff on top of this piano. And it's like old Kodak folders, Kodak cameras, an array of different types of flashes, lenses, just like oddball stuff. It's, it's very much just kind of like, it looks like the stuff getting sorted for an estate sale. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thrilled. Here we are a year later, practically a year later, and Mark and Dane are still into... Well, uh, they're into it. Into They're really into it. And when I have when they can make it, they're, they're right here. They're like, hey, man, yeah, I'm coming down to be on the show. So I'm, I'm thrilled that they're still, still into it. And FPP uh, Man on the Street Hunter White chat with them at the show. If I'm correct, this is you guys' one-year anniversary of shooting film, right? Yes, I think it is. It's... Very close to that, just because last year, a few weeks before uh, the last PDN, I picked up a Canon AE1 at a flea market with me and Mark Rat, and it had, and I started shooting film, and then got the bug, and and uh, yeah, I can't believe it's only been a year. Yeah, same here. I, I I started getting into chopping up the 127 cameras last December, so just about a year for me too. And I mean, what keeps you guys shooting film besides the link to FPP? I think it's also the the. All the new cameras that are out there that we haven't tried yet, probably. You know, for me, it's like I hadn't shot for a while, and then we went to the flea market last week, scored like five cameras, and I'm like back on it again, you know, because it's 
for me, a lot of the fun is actually using the camera and seeing what it can do. You know, that's why I guess we have a lot of gas. Yeah, same here. I got I got six Polaroids last Sunday, and I just got five SLRs in the mail yesterday, and I'm waiting for a couple more. <laughs> I have like four cameras total, so... Ah. I, we get them so cheap, it's I can't... Because just... I'll, I'll buy lots that have five cameras for 50 bucks, but one of the cameras is worth $60. So then I put that one back up, and it just kind of keeps snowballing. Yeah, perpetuates itself. Yeah, yeah and then just the action of the shooting is what I enjoy even more than like actually... I have film on the like tape to my wall that still needs to be scanned from a year ago still so i uh that i haven't gotten around to because after you know i like to look and i always like to be surprised later you know it's been two months since i actually took the picture i get it and i'm like oh cool i remember that but it's for me it's really is the action of of going out and take and like using the camera and like seeing what it can do and finding out what it's what it's best for and and then you put it back on the shelf for a while and move on to another one yeah I mean, you guys have, like, shot, you specifically have done, like, a w- lot of 110. Are you guys yep. going to a new size or going bigger or tintype, wet plate? What do you guys have planned? Ah, uh, nothing that big. I'm actually going simpler. I'm actually, because I've kept on, I shot a roll of one of my old box cameras a while back, and it's some of the best shots I've seen with, like, a 20s box camera. I'm like, and I'm just like, you know what? You know, plan which, where you're going to go, what you're going to shoot, put the right film in it, and just go sh- click away and, and I not think about it too much. That For that on, you know, for a lot of the later, just keeping it simple. And then even on the SLR stuff, I'm starting to shoot ones on program mode. Just put it on auto yeah. and just shoot, you know, instead yeah. of... Uh, even having some fun with some autofocus 90s EOS stuff, you know, yeah. so whatever. So yeah. it's kind of like simplifying the whole camera, but at the same time getting to know the camera. Yeah. So What about you? What do you got planned? I'm, I'm still all over the place. I, right today in my bag, I've got an, a 35mm SLR. I've got a 110 Pentax. I've got a, an SX70. I've got an Argus from the 30s. You know, I've got, so I'm just, um, whatever I see that I don't have, I buy that. And then that's my favorite camera for the next week or yeah. two. Yeah. I guess in rap, what are you guys like looking for at the show? What have you guys seen? Anything cool? I always learn something every time we do a show because there's all these, you know, real whatever guys that are, you know, really doing some cool, more technical stuff. Yeah. And I've never, of course, I'd never be introduced to it at all. So I always enjoy being, you know, walking out of the, after we do a show and be like, wow, that is, I didn't even know people did that, you know. And then you go and you look it up. And I don't know if, you know, some of it I'd like to get into someday, but some of it also like, like you were saying, doing the plate stuff is that's intense. You yeah. know, one day that'd be great. You know, and it's you know it's the kind of thing that you find that camera that does that somewhere, and then that just triggers it. You're like, now I got to learn about this. So yeah, that's what I like to just. It's always being introduced to uh, new stuff you didn't know. Yeah. And so. Lots of free film, which is always nice. Yeah, that's that's, that's my true. primary. I'm trying to I'm trying to pay for the parking lot that we parked in that in free film going. today. But I used to be a big digital guy, so when I came here a couple of years ago, it was walking around looking at all the fancy new little digital cameras and, and they things give that, out free digital no never but no. now this year i'm just breezing past all my usual nikon booth and all the usual places i go to and i'm I, you know I, I saw polaroid across the room and i thought oh wow polaroid i have to go see them and i have to find kodak and we have to find freestyle and we have to find all style all we have to find all the filmy guys and and blow past all the uh, digital guys now it's like a treasure hunt almost exactly yeah, yeah. Ah, shut up uh, John's been into the sauce again. I'm interview jumping instead Where's of photo s- jumping. John's been drinking the D76 out of the... Shut up. Eight and all. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. A new FPP listener or a FPP listener that is new to us is Jim Peruta. Oh, yeah. I hadn't met Jim before. Oh, you so have? The, no, I hadn't met, okay. met him before, but it was it was nice meeting him. Really nice guy. Jim revealed to me that not only does he listen to FPP, but he buys from the FPP store. Fantastic. Yeah, which I was, you know, he's like, hey, I just put an order in. I was thrilled to hear that. 
It was great to meet him, and he was a great guy, and we have an interview with him. How are you doing today, Jim? Oh, it's a great day. Yeah, it's fun to be with FPP in person. Um, so how long have you been shooting film? About 35 years. Wow. Do you shoot digital at all or all film? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I do have digital also, but I've, I've put the film down for a while. Um, had a wife, had a family. Now I'm getting back into the film. That's a great thing. Yeah, and how long have you been an FPP guy? Uh, probably the last year and a half. Year and a half. And where are you from? Just south of Hartford, Connecticut. Okay, so not too far a trip. No. No, no, just take the train in the subway and we're here. So, how did you, I guess, how did you find FPP at the beginning? Um, just searching for podcasts on the internet and came across it. Yeah, that's how I did it. Thank you, Jim. You know what I love about FPP meetups, Mike? What's that? Everybody's just really cool. Like, Absolutely. There's, there's, we don't have a single sourpuss in the bunch. No, I think it's the, I think it's the energy of the show. That yeah. carries it along. Or them. the notion of getting free film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of why we're here. You know, why are we here? Why does this podcast exist? It's because, you know, this is year three. I asked a few folks, you know, off off microphone. I said, hey, man, <laughs> FPP, you know, how long have you been listening? Oh, years? Have we jumped the shark? Oh, really? <laughs> and he said, no. Like, like, no way. No way. Jump the shark, of course, if you Google it, is the infamous... Happy Days episode yep. where the Fonz, Arthur Fonzarelli, jumped a shark, shark while, ski- while, while water skiing. While water skiing. And that was the, the indication that that series was done. It's just the turning point. Everything after that is just not going to Ridiculous. Matter. Yeah. I'm trying to think if Mork from Orc was before or after the jumping of the shark. Um, I think it was slightly after. Happy Days, it like started in like 73 or 74. It was a comedy show. Like about greasers, about 1950s soda pop shop, the Fonz, leather jacket, tough Mm -hmm. guy, you know, uh, Richie Cunningham. (laughs) Then like a few seasons, they're like water skiing, aliens are coming down from space. It was like, what? It's just when a show starts just fishing for for a plot that has nothing to do with the show. I'm still as excited right now as I was in 2009, and you would think we'd be tired of talking about cameras and film. It's so funny because I always tell myself like, oh, we've already talked about, or have we already talked about this? Or, oh, we're going to run out of films to talk about. We're going to run out of cameras. We're not even scratching the surface. No. It's crazy. We're going to talk about it in a future episode. Like, there are cameras I never even knew existed. Like, something as simple as the Canon T60. Mm -hmm. I found out. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? What do you mean there's a Canon T60? I see it. I'm in love with it. It's, It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's always something new to talk about. Phil from the Dark Room, there was a booth called Photoville, which is an organization that's in Brooklyn. I think they have like, what is Photoville? I'm sure Hunter's going to ask. This is FPP's Man on the Street, and I'm here with Laura from Photoville. Hi, how are you doing today, Laura? Uh, very well. How are you doing? Good. Um, it's great to be at PDN. Can you tell us a little bit about what Photoville is? Well, Photoville is a village of shipping containers filled with photo exhibitions. So we partnered this year a few months ago in June with uh, photographers, curators, organizations and companies from all over the world, including the Magnum Foundation, the Open Society, schools like the School of Visual Arts, Parsons, (laughs) and yes, and uh, the New York Times curated work. So we had uh, over 45 shipping containers filled with wonderful photography. We had nighttime projections, talks, workshops, you know, uh, talks conducted by, you know, the, um, the Center for Alternative Photography here in New York, uh, the Camera Club of New York, 
and we also met with a lot of wonderful um, photographers. It was all free to the public and it's all about making photography inclusive because as we know photography has become such a universal thing. Okay. Um, and if someone wanted to find out more about Photoville, where could they go? Go to photovillenyc.org. Okay, and is it mostly like, get, like what is like the average shipping container like? <laughs> well, the average shipping container is uh, usually 20 feet or 40 feet by 8 feet and could either have just, you know, photographs on the wall or installations. Uh, we created a camera greenhouse this year. You know, Magnum Foundation were so um, inventive. They worked with a Chinese photographer about basement life, so they actually created like a little basement sanctuary really with the cool. photos. So it was really wonderful. Okay. Um, and again, photoville.org, right? Photovillenyc.org. Okay. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Uh, hey, Matt. Hey. You know who's been showing up to every single FPP meetup? Who's that? Brandon Edwick. Great guy. It's Cup like... T- hops a train from D.C. and he's just here. He was at Aperture Store's Analog Pulse in Cleveland. Yep. Hopped a train or bus, plane, whatever. I think he was at the New York meetup. He was at the New York meetup. Mm-hmm. And he showed up at this meetup. Yeah, so he's... So he's been real diehard. 2012. Yeah, diehard 2012. And also, he is a large format shooter. Yes, recently into large format. He brought uh, he brought his large format along when we did the extra day at yes. uh, Analog's Pulse. Yep. Really geeked about that. I know he's doing some uh, photography classes right now at a college, and he's doing a lot of studio work. Great guy, fantastic work. He does a lot of like uh, pack camera stuff and then like serious studio work. So, yep. uh, just a really cool guy to talk to, and he's always got like premium stuff on him. Let's listen in. Let's see, so what brings you here today? Uh, just wanted to hang out with the old FPP gang again, and uh, had some friends to visit in New York and collect some uh, free stuff. Uh, so, uh, what camera did you bring with you today, Brendan? Uh, the main shooter is a Hasselblad 500 CM, uh, mostly because when I was packing for the trip, I looked through my fridge and saw what I had too much of. It's like I got to get rid of some of this 120. So, there it is. Oh, so, well, what kind of film you got it loaded up with today? Uh, right now, I got some uh, Kodak Triax. And is that your film of choice, or you just have too much of it? You got to get rid of it. Uh, both. Uh, what is uh, when it comes to it? Push, push comes to shove. What is your favorite film to be shooting on these days? Uh, probably uh, Portrait 400. I would say yeah. it's a good all-rounder. Yeah. Any anything particular about it that you love? It's just so versatile. I mean, anytime I'm leaving the house, I know it'll it'll give me something useful. So it's unless I know I have some particular need, that's mm-hmm. what I go to. And are you looking for anything particular? Stop it, Mark. You're looking for anything particular at the show? Or are you just looking around, browsing? or? Uh, this is actually my first photo trade show, so I really don't know what to expect, so I'm just kind of here for the whole, the whole scene. Ooh. And here's a very important question. What, uh, what do you like about the FPP? The thing I like most about the FPP is the sense of community. Because I'm feeling the community right now. I like a few, a personal connection with you. That oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's good. And do you listen to other uh, film photography podcasts? Film photography podcast? No, this is the only one. No. Good for you. Bright answer. Uh, let me see if I have any other questions. Hold on. La da la da da. What's the show? What do you like? FPP? Uh, oh, well, what is your favorite camera to be shooting? Oh, that changes uh, changes all the time. Really, I like the Hasselblad a lot. I like uh, I have a Nikon F3 that I like, and then after that, it's a bunch of little toy cameras here and there. I got myself a Debonair that I've been liking to uh, shoot a lot. Debonair is fun, right? Absolutely, it's fun. Yeah, it's easy to just bring it, bring it out and point and shoot and forget about it. Exactly. exactly. 
Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to us, Brandon. Okay. Speaking of large format, Brian Reynolds, large format shooter. Large format shooter. He yeah. left at home this time because he was like a little scarred from the last FPP meetup. We left we him left in the him dust. Behind. Yeah. I, I, can, I can see how that happened. He was cool. A very cool guy. What happens was we were in, we were in uh, Washington Square Park and we're shooting and uh, Brian brought, it wasn't a 4x5. It was he a, brought a Canon 5x7. Okay. And he just got uh, caught in the moment. He was setting up a shot. And then, like, turn, he turns around, sets up a shot. Go, we're gone. Comes, comes back, we're gone. Yeah. He, he, met, he found us at the, at the Impossible Project. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he, came, he came back. <laughs> and, he, and he came to this show, the PDN Photo Expo, where I was thrilled to see him. And he brought smaller format cameras with him. Not yeah, he, I mean, he's excited just about film in general. It's, yeah. it's all he's done for quite some time. Always encouraged to see uh, younger shooters yeah. there and just see the the presence of other uh, large format companies there. He was like my go-to. I was like, okay, so are these folks here? Or like, because he'd already walked the show yeah. a little bit. So I was like, okay, uh, Chinese camera makers, they here? And he just gave me the whole rundown. Yeah. Let's listen in. Let's uh, roll the audio tape. Let's go to the videotape. So uh, what cameras did you bring with you today? Today I have my uh, K1000SE. I bought it uh, right out of college wow. a long, long time ago now. I still shoot film with it. I went from this to medium format to large, actually the other way around. I went from this to large format, Mm -hmm. down to medium format. I'm back to shooting this for now. Yeah. Is this your go-to 35 camera? Yes. It's actually my only 35 millimeter camera. Ooh. Well, what's your go-to medium format camera? Uh, It's a mix depending upon what I shoot. I have a Sputnik, which is a Russian uh, medium format stereo camera, so I can take uh, (laughs) 3D pictures with it. But I also have a pair of Yashica mats. Um, Which one? I have the Yashica mat 124G. I use those as walk-around cameras, uh-huh. but I have problems with them breaking a lot, so I've got two of them. I also use them for stereo occasionally, uh-huh. and having a t- two makes it easier for moving subjects. Uh, is there a whole system for shooting two Yashica mats together for stereo? Do you have like two equal tripods, or how do you work that? Well, a friend of mine is a machinist, and he made a aluminum bracket with a couple of plates on it, so I could mount each camera on the plate. I could adjust how far apart they are. Uh-huh. Further apart, if I'm doing like a landscape with things way in the distance or closer together, when I got people that I'm taking pictures of, uh-huh. I tried all sorts of wacky cable releases, like the uh, the macro releases that put one at the front of the bellows on the lens uh-huh. and one at the camera, and they were all too delicate. So I just hold two releases in my hands, and I get them on my thumb and give just enough pressure that I can just feel them about to hit. Uh-huh. And then when I hit the releases, they pretty much go together. Wow, that's pretty cool. you got a whole system down there. See, an analog system in a digital world. I've been doing this for about 15 years, so my early stuff looks pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty out of sync. And then after a while, you get used to it. Yeah, there's a learning curve in that, I'm sure. Jeez, it's pretty yeah. elaborate. I actually started with um, the Lupitel, the 160 un- 166 Universals. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going on my honeymoon, and I'm, I shoot a lot of large format. And I knew that my wife wasn't going to go with dragging all that stuff all the way over to Ireland. (laughs) And we were trying to have a nice, relaxed uh, honeymoon. So I picked up a Lubitel from Freestyle. And I took it around. I worked around here. At the time, I worked around here on 34th Street Mm -hmm. and shot a roll of film. And it was the best I'd ever seen. Wow. It was obviously not as good as 4x5, but so blew away 35mm that, cool, this is the camera I'm going to take to Ireland. And I stumbled upon some guys doing 3D photography. Huh. And I looked at it and I said, you know what? It was 40 bucks at the time for a Lubitel. 
Wow. I could spend the money and just take two of them with me. Uh -huh. I got a little cheap flash bracket. <laughs> I put them on the flash bracket. I had um, a couple of cable releases, and I shot my honeymoon in stereo. Wow. Those are great pictures. I'd sit through those honeymoon photos, definitely. Yeah. Some of the best pictures of my wife I've ever taken were there on our honeymoon. She's sitting on the rock walls in the mm. scenic Irish um, landscape, and they're, they're great. Oh, beautiful. Well, let's talk about today now. <clears throat> what, uh, what kind of film are you using in your camera today? What's your favorite film to use? I tend to use uh, T-Max 435mm. Yeah. Occasionally, I'll shoot Ektar 100 if I've decided I need some color. Today, I've got my last roll of T-Max 3200. Uh -huh. uh, I bought it before they announced that they were stopping it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't shoot it that often because mostly the 400 does it for me. But I figured indoors here... 3200 will do right yeah hopefully yeah under these lights um, well, I'm actually finding I shot 3200 here a couple of years ago and it was very tough this year I was in yesterday to walk around the booths seem to be much better lit this year um, because I'm noticing I'm not needing to go fully wide open on my lens and shoot it like mm -hmm. a second what is that open all the way to this is a Pentax uh, 50 millimeter f14 uh, f14 mm -hmm. it's the older m lens so it doesn't have the auto feature for the modern cameras I see. it still works on the digital cameras but you have to stop down in order to take a meter reading right. which makes it a bit more of a pain so i just keep it on the k1000 yeah. instead keep it where it belongs what do you like about the fpp show i like the fact that you guys are so enthusiastic about film you can tell listening to you guys that you really enjoy shooting film and you want other people to enjoy it i listen to a lot of other podcasts some of them are a lot of fun to listen to too but most of them are towards the professional commercial digital photographer uh -huh. and they don't really have much for the guy out there having fun with his camera right i like the fpp show because you guys have fun with it and you make shooting photography fun well, I'm glad that comes through. Appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for talking with us. Sure. No problem. Awesome. Whoa, it's a lot of interviews. Whew. Yeah. This is action-packed, this show. That's okay. Let's take a quick break, but not the break we were used to taking. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we're back. <laughs> Let's take a break to talk about, because we have a lot of stuff for some future episodes. Let's take a break to talk about the Beatle book. Oh, man. Yeah, what is that? Life right, Magazine. So, so this is my uh, book of the month for this yeah, month. Yes. Uh, this is a special edition of Life Magazine that came out, um, I believe, in October of this year. And it's Life with the Beatles. So with rare and unseen photos of Amazing. the Beatles. And um, the only way I can describe it, because I'm not... You know, I'm not like a, a super diehard Beatles fan. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm like a Fairweather Beatles fan. Like I listen to them every now and then. I, like I appreciate the story and everything behind it. But the photos here are amazing. I mean, a, a lot of the kind of offbeat on tour in the in the life of following right. the Beatles along. A lot of the classic black and whites are there. There's a couple um, first time they've been published. Uh, I'm actually a big fan of the color shots in here because I've never seen yeah, them before. Yeah. But just really cool uh, here. Yo, so you can, uh, look at this. You know, just give me a, a feel on it. The print quality is good. Now, for folks out there listening who, who you know, you may have never heard of the Beatles. <laughs> uh, they're uh, <laughs> making me feel old. Now. They're a uh, rock and roll group uh, that started in uh, London, England, in I believe 1962. They first they, people thought they were a German group because they played in Hamburg oh. in 61, 62. 
And then uh, I guess their breakout happened sometime in 63, 64. You know, you say the Beatles, and it's a very special thing. It's, I mean, how many things on the planet of the human race where you say one word and people know? It just snap, clicks, yeah. Like, even if you don't know. You know. Everyone knows. If you ask children, you ask a 10-year-old, they, the Beatles. They still know who the Beatles are. Yeah, yeah. the Beatles. Uh, iconic. Uh, some uh, younger folks are, you know, steer away because, you know, you know, they, some people don't get into the Beatles because it's so beatle you know, like everyone, <laughs> because everyone likes the Beatles. Yeah, I know like, what you mean. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they want to be anti-Beatles because like, oh, the Beatles were, and the remaining members are, so good. It's beyond, it, 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 is, it is the starting point. Everyone should, should buy some Beatle albums and listen to them. I know it sounds funny. You'd be like, what are you talking about, well, It's Mike? really funny. Like, when, when you mentioned, like, you know, everybody loves the Beatles. I don't know a single person that, like, I, you mentioned the Beatles and, like, I hate those guys. Well, there's someone <laughs> who says they're looking for attention. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always a hater, but they're not, like, they're not serious about it. Right, right. It's impo- Well, no, it's not impossible. To be, nothing's impossible. We know that. So, but this book, uh, Life with the Beatles, it's Matt's book of the month. If you cannot find it on the newsstand when this uh, will actually display until eleven twenty-three, yeah, so got a right, few days, right in time. Yeah, so uh, you know, head out there. It's it's a reasonable price. Um, it's just a, it's a solid. It's not like twelve ninety-nine U.S. sixteen ninety-nine Canada. Yeah, it's not a standard magazine. It's a little thicker. Yeah, nice nice uh, soft nice paper quality. Yeah, get on your bike, go down to Walmart. <laughs> Go down to Wally World. Get some Instax film. <laughs> yeah, get some Instax film and uh, get with the Beatles' life. You know, uh, before Matt, we were chatting about plastic cameras, and of course, the everyone thinks Holga, of course, and uh, we start talking about the FPP debonair. Well, we have to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but plastic cameras. I mean, people think Diana Holga, and the person who, as uh, Hunter White said, he's like the person who wrote the book, literally, uh, plastic cameras toying with creativity is Michelle Bates. She's been shooting with Holgas for many, many years, and she wrote the book, Plastic Cameras, Toying with Creativity. It has a few different, um, uh, what do you call it when they update? Uh, editions. Yeah. A few different editions are out, and we were lucky enough to catch up with her at the PDN show, uh, headed up by Man on the Street, Hunter White. Here we go. This is FPP's Man on the Street. I'm at PDN, and I'm sitting here with Michelle Bates, who quite literally has written the book, on toy cameras. How are you today? I'm great. Um, so I guess, how did you get into toy and plastic cameras? In 1991, I went to the main photographic workshops and took a black and white three class there, and they used uh, Holgas as a teaching tool there. So they sort of gave them to everybody and said, here, try this. And I, I loved what I got from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is it just like, I mean, what attracts you to them? Is it just like the unpredictability or what? There are so many elements to it. When I was there, I took a picture that I loved, and I figured out this way of printing them that was my own vision with this hand-cut cardboard negative carrier. And people liked them and responded well to them. And, you know, there's this silliness and fun to them that's just kept it really engaging for all these years. Were you, like, I guess, well-versed in the world of toy cameras before you decided to write the book? Or was it like you started writing the book and then went into this, like, rabbit hole of toy cameras? No, it was it was after I'd been doing this for 15 years and was teaching workshops, and they uh, the publisher approached me about doing it, and so it was mostly a brain dump. It was like all this information that I had had all, for all these years, and it was how to organize it and pulling in people that I already knew, and then doing research to pull in other people for it. Okay. Um, what's your favorite toy camera? I have to ask. What if you had to choose one camera to be on you with a, on a desert island? What would it be? Holga 120N. Holga 120. 
basic. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you'd say people should like start with if they wanted to get into it? Um, it's an excellent choice for starting with it. It's really simple. It's basic. It has a hot shoe, so you can use different flash options. Um, you know, it leaves the most open for your own artistic vision, I think. I guess if people wanted to, I guess, do, find more about the book, where could they go? Um, my website is michellebates.net, and there's a book, uh, a website, toyingwithcreativity.com, that has information about it. Can you, I guess, tell us a little bit about you working with Freestyle, and you're at Freestyle's booth, so how is like that working? Oh, it's been great. My relationship with Freestyle has been super great for a bunch of years. They have an advisory board of photographic professionals, and they are the main distributor of the Holga in the U.S. So um, I had met Ike Royer here at Photo Plus Expo many, many years ago, and when he came on board, he pulled me onto the advisory board to be their Holga person. And so I've been doing that for, I don't know, eight, nine years or something, and it's been just a most wonderful relationship because they are really, really into the whole toy camera scene and supporting analog photography, and um, that's great. So it dovetails really nicely. Uh, Thank you, Michelle. It was a pleasure. So anybody, if you are interested, check out Plastic Cameras, Toying with Creativity. This is the second edition, correct? Yep. Okay, and how is the second edition different from the first? Uh, The first edition came out in 2006, and the second edition is 2010, and I added 21 photographers, 32 pages, uh, all the new cameras that had come out in the meantime, added a section on alternative processes, um, and updated the resources and and all of it. So, yeah. We'll definitely check it out, and the website, again, is? michellebates.net and toyingwithcreativity.com. Thank you, Michelle. And it just so happens, Matt, that uh, Michelle Bates was at the freestyle booth. Yeah, she was she was hanging out there and just kind of like yeah. Well, they're Holga. Like she was hiding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, freestyle booth is the Holga headquarters. Holga, um, all the different uh, Eastern European brands, films, yep. papers, all sorts of cool stuff. They also have the Instax cameras, and they sell all the crazy lenses you can put on top. Oh yeah, the plastic lenses, mm-hmm. that you the attachments. Yeah, we have two interviews. One of these is going to be exclusive to our SoundCloud channel. You can go to our uh, show notes at filmphotographyproject.com uh, for this episode of the show, which is episode seventy. You see show notes, and in the show notes, you'll see a SoundCloud interview that Matt did with Eric Joseph from Freestyle Photographic. Uh, what we're going to roll in in a few seconds is uh, Patrick Delabovi from Freestyle Photographic. Now, Eric's interview was more like a, a little bit like a base deeper. Like, yeah, it's it's a little more narrowly focused. You know, it's not just talking product or anything about freestyle. This is like the raw, you know, Eric's opinion on things. And we right. talked about it in the interview. He's he's been around. He's shot everything. He's printed on everything. He really knows what's what. Like, if you use all those prints they had at the Freestyle booth. Those right. are all his images. Oh, is that right? Yeah, like he's like all of his stuff. He said most of it's his vacation stuff, but he's he just knows his craft. He he has a very strong opinion on things. He's not afraid to give it. Right. And he has a really good idea of where you know where we're at in photography. You know the there's no digital versus analog kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. And he kind of clears clears the air there. There's nothing you know. There's no nobody's against each other. It's just we're all trying to figure out what's. It's you crafty know, stuff. Yeah, what, regardless what of how you is, shot it, exactly. You could take your image and make a, a one-off, a one of a kind. Yes, and he's very much about that. So we talk about the alternative process printing, uh, what he's doing, going around the country, doing lectures on inkjet printing and alternative process printing. So, uh, great guy to talk to, and it's great to see 
that um, you know he's been doing it for so many years and still passionate about yeah. what he does. Filmphotographyproject.com. Go to the show notes for this episode, uh, episode 70. Uh, but we're rolling in this episode is the, the um, always affable Patrick Delabovi, always upbeat, super positive. I mean, that's a great thing about the freestyle guys. They're always just so excited about their products. Yeah, you know, what I always find interesting about freestyle is some of the higher, like the, the really like huge camera makers, they have like their booth and you feel like there's a separation. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a store counter. You can't go behind this. You can't yeah. play around with everything. Everything in freestyle is like hands-on. Just walk in. The table, they want, they all want the prints pick, were there. They want you to pick it up, take a look, feel, touch, sm- smell. Right. Don't taste. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can really get hands-on. They'll they'll talk with you. They'll answer all of your questions, super knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. You know, and for freestyle, they have they have a ton of products. Mm-hmm. They carry a bunch of stuff, and they know it all. Yeah, so it, it's great. Whatever you might need, you, you can get at freestyle film, paper. Uh, here is Hunter talking to Patrick at freestyle. Super positive. This is Hunter White, FPP's man on the street, and now we're at PDN, and I'm here with Patrick from Freestyle. Woo-hoo! How are you doing today, Patrick? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm great. Freestyle is kind of a favorite of the show. Can you guys tell us a little bit about what's new at Freestyle what's going on? Well, I tell you, what's going on at Freestyle is uh, still a lot when it comes to traditional photography and supplies. Unfortunately, there's been a few uh, you know, bad news announcements that we've heard about with Photochemica going down. But on a flip side, uh, we've lost a good manufacturer, but uh, we've still got companies out there over in Europe like Adox and FOMA that are still fully committed to traditional photography. And companies like Adox are even exploring some of the products that Photochemica was manufacturing and looking into not duplicating it, but you know, obviously coming out with some versions thereof from what we've lost there. On the other side of it, we are seeing just a huge growing interest in alternative and historical processes. And um, I wish you could see out there our display because we hung up all alternative process prints on our wall from tintypes to uh, Holga 3D images to uh, images made with impossible project film. Uh, to an image that one of our employees, Christina Lowry, even created herself, and she calls it a lumen vat dye process image. Some beautiful imagery. I wish we could show it to you, but uh, you just got to believe us. It's wonderful. Yeah. I know for me, alternative process is kind of my thing now. Like, I haven't printed black and white all year yet. I've printed, like, cyanotypes and vandykes and tintypes all year, so it's fantastic. Oh, nice, nice. Well, we also created another process that, uh, if you like to do cyanotypes, if you've ever done an gyrotype where you actually take an gyrotype, print it on uh, like a vitilon vellum, which is a tracing paper, uh, and you back it with leaf. And some awesome, awesome prints. One of the things that we're trying to get across to people out here coming through the show is it's all about the print. Yeah. I'm so tired of people coming up to me with their iPhones and going, you want to see my pictures? And, you know, flipping through. Yeah. I don't want to see your pictures. I want to see a print that you made that you can show me and you can say, hey, you want to see my print that I did? And especially when you, like, have a tintype. Like, a tintype on a computer is nothing, but when you hold it, it's, like, almost 3D in a way. Absolutely. You know, there's just something about a great image. When you put it on paper, tin, metal, whatever you're putting it on, make a print. Make a print. That's what it's all about. And speaking of prints, um, what can you guys tell us a little about, for those who don't know, um, freestyles, like... Paper selection. You guys are one of the only suppliers of Adox, correct? That is correct. Um, we um, are one of Adox's distributors. We actually work very closely with uh, Merco from Adox, who is the owner. 
And uh, like I said, they're doing a lot of interesting and new things. And hopefully 2013, we're going to have some new product introductions uh, that are going to be coming out from the Adox factory. And uh, we're very excited about that. Okay. Uh, looking at this table, there seems to be a whole range of Holgas. There's one with a, looks like a ring flash. There's a panoramic. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Holga selection at Freestyle is like? Absolutely. Well, Holga, uh, we're the uh, North American distributor for Holga cameras. So we're constantly working with the, with the factory over there and developing different Holgas, new Holgas. Holgas that glow under black light or fluorescent light. We've got Holgas that glow in the dark now called the Holga Glow Series. We've got obviously the stereo Holgas, which are just great to use. We've got a new Holga Panoramic 35 that shoots in panoramic. Um, and of course the Holga Panoramic 120. But Holgas are still going strong. And you know what, the nice thing about Holgas is it's, it's, there's a lot of young folks out there that are discovering yeah. Holgas and discovering film, yeah. which is exactly what we want them to Long do. Long live film. Absolutely. Yeah, obviously the website's freestylephoto.biz, right? Correct. Um, and I may be mistaken, but you guys have gotten rid of your minimum shipping costs? There is now no minimum order policy with Freestyle. It used to be $25. We've now eliminated that. So we know you people want to buy a roll of film or two. And, you know, it was, it was, it was a shame we were uh, making you go all the way up to 25 Now there's no minimum order. So order away. Yeah. And we appreciate, we appreciate the support. We appreciate all the film shooters and all the printers out there. We want to let everybody know that we are absolutely committed to traditional photography. And, and, and you know what? We're going to continue working with these factories. We're going to make sure the product's still available so that we can all do what we absolutely enjoy doing. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Patrick. You bet. Super positive. Hey, uh, before we roll some more... Uh, before we roll some more... Uh, 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 what show? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I would like to mention that, you know, John Fidelli's band, Pink Delicates, their new album is out. I want everyone to, to know it's out. If you Google... Uh, Pink Delicates, These Secrets, you will come up to their new album, which we play cuts, KTZ cuts. <laughs> uh, the, the, the favorite FPP fave cut, The Captain. The Captain we play at the end of just about every show. We've done it live here in the studio. Notable, this is, this is their, their newest album with art on the cover by none other than Lauren Bagley. Yeah, Lauren did the front, and uh, Andy Jenkins did the back. Did the back, so yeah, it's as FPP as any album can get. Yes, this is the FPP album. Please support these guys and check out these secrets, Pink Delicates. I should mention these. We have a secret, and this secret is that FPP T-shirts are coming. <laughs> and Lauren Bagley is designing them. Uh, they look. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, she's been working really hard on these. Um, they're going to be, they're not like your typical camera shirt because it's, it's not just like, you know, a standard like rangefinder camera or something. It's cameras we really pride here on right. FTP. Yeah. So stay tuned for those really cool looking shirts. And the, the board on the street is they're going to be more than affordable. Yes, absolutely. Everyone will be able to clothe themselves. <laughs> with FPP swag, yeah, you, you'd be able to buy, buy like a dozen of them because every day you'll you'll just that that's what you'll wear every day. You'll have one shirt for every every day of the week. I plan on it. <laughs> yeah. So keep your eyes peeled to the FPP Film Photography uh, Store dot com for t shirts coming very soon. Let's jump right into it. Another FPP regular who I believe came to uh, I think the PDN last year was Joseph Brunches. Yes, and he had the 
Razzle. The Razzle 900. What is that? Okay, so it's like a very, it's just the best modification of a, like an old Polaroid uh, 900 camera that I, I've seen. It's a coupled rangefinder. It's got a nice little adapter to take a 4x5 instant film and just regular double dark slides. Joseph was packing a Graphmatic back, which is like, it's like a six shooter for mm-hmm. your, for your, uh, Four by five, it takes six shots. It's pretty awesome. It holds, yeah, and he did a great job with it. Before we even started recording, he already had the shots up. Yeah. Like, it, super fast. It was like instant photography. Yeah, about as, in, and as high quality instant as you can get. So Now, did he put that camera together himself, or someone, anyone no, can go no, no, buy no. a Razzle? Uh, it, they're harder to find. They were, they were uh, popular mods in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. He says here, uh, FPP at the PDN Expo 2012. Razzle 900 HP5 film, grossly underexposed, but saved by Epson V700 in Photoshop. It doesn't Photoshop. look too bad to me. It doesn't look too bad at all. No, and then the next shot is uh, me talking to Chris Stolpe. Yep. With, uh, with Brian Reynolds. In the background. In the background. L- stuff looks great. Um, he said the rangefinder is spot on, even with really fast lenses, which, you know, depth of field can be like a severe issue. Yeah. Four by five. And the so shot cool. of you is not a setup shot. It's like. Uh, you know, it's a, no, like a street just, photography. Chit chat. Yeah. yeah. Let's roll in the interview. Let's uh, let's roll in the interview with Joseph Brunges. So, hello. What brings you here to the show? What are you What are you uh, looking forward to seeing today here at the PDN? Uh, I just came to see you guys today. I'm mostly a film shooter, so it's nice to look at the digital stuff. But ultimately, I'm going to do all my personal stuff on film. Yeah. Right. I couldn't have said it better myself, Joseph. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming to see us. And speaking of film, let's talk about uh, what kind of cameras you have. Uh, what did you bring today? Uh, today I brought uh, my Razzle 900 4x5 um, converted Polaroid 900 and uh, a Canon Elan 7N with a 85 1.2. Now the Razzle is getting a lot of attention. Everybody who sees you with it is kind of like ooing and aahing about it. How, where did you get this camera and uh, how, how are you working uh, with it? Um, there's a guy named Dean Jones who lives in Australia who um, converts old Polaroid. Not Dean Jones from the uh, Herbie the Lovebug movie. No, no, no. Okay, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, a different Dean Jones from Australia who um, converts old Polaroid 110s and 900s into 4x5 cameras. Wow. And uh, basically what you I met him uh, via the internet. Uh, he has a website. I'll have to look it up uh, for you. But he, um, you send him a lens. And he will, um, over a course of a couple months, will attach it to a camera and send it back to you. And you get to kind of pick what colors you want. And so it's, it's pretty cool. It's a very unique camera, to say the least. I call it the Franken camera because it's such a, <laughs> yeah. it's such it's such a big ugly thing. But it's a great way to take four by five and be candid. You know, usually you think of large format photography being on a tripod and being kind of static and no motion. And this allows me to take it anywhere and shoot basically street photography with at a 4x5 resolution, which is amazing. It's awesome. It is a great camera. Now, amongst all of your weaponry, do you have um, what's your favorite camera to be shooting these days? Right now, I think it's my Fuji uh, GF670 rangefinder. Uh, it's a folder. Fuji actually still makes it. Um, I bought it a couple years ago, and it's basically the it, it folds flat almost. It's it's a take everywhere camera. It's it's great. Great. So, your go-to camera. It is. It is because you can shoot square six by six or six by seven, and you know it's a normal lens. And the lens is really, really sharp. And I, I've taken some of my best pictures with that camera. What uh, type of film are you loading up in that? Uh, I love. Actually, I love shooting the the Ilford XP2. When I'm, I, I do a lot, a lot of developing of four by five sheet film, so I don't. 
I want to save my time to do that and not the 120 film. So I end up shooting the XBT, XB2 and sending it off. And that film is really beautiful. It has its own unique look and it's super sharp. And uh, you can has a lot of exposure latitude, so you can use it in a lot of uh, different situations. Great. Well, here's a question for you. What do you like about uh, listening to the FPP podcast? Oh, I love the way you guys manage to uh, have both an informational and entertaining podcast. I mean, I started listening probably from the second or third episode and have kind of grown up with you guys. And <laughs> I've been shooting film before I um, found you guys, but it just kind of re yeah, reunited my love. My father taught photography in high school, so I shot when I was a kid and then went to digital and then kind of got bored with it and came back. And now I'm doing my own darkroom work and taking classes for printing and so it, uh, the, the podcast has really been an inspiration to, to find other like-minded people who are doing, you know, doing the same thing, interested in the same thing, and having the same problems. And, and I, I love all of the tips and things that you guys give because they've helped me quite a bit. Well, great. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys listening. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Hey, you know, another uh, FPP regular is Andy Sutcliffe. Who I call Andy Hohokus. Andy Hohokus, yeah. He's a ho underscore hocus on the Flickr. I'm one of his Flickr friends, and he's been showing up to uh, a lot of these uh, FPP meetups. And I would say he's a jolly fellow. Very, very great guy. Yeah. He, uh, I think he went to PDN last year. Yes. And then the NYC meetup. I think so. This PDN. So. Yeah. Let's roll the audio tape. Let's go to the videotape. All right. Who are you? What are you doing here? Yeah. My name's Andy Sutcliffe. Visit with all the. Uh, FPP folks and come and see what's new in the camera world. Uh, so what cameras did you bring with you today, Andy? Uh, I brought my uh, Polaroid Spectra Pro, a little uh, Olympus uh, MJU-2, which is the Stylus Epic here, and also my uh, Leica Mini 2. Oh, i got to take a look at that when we're done here. How do you like that camera? I like it very much. It's uh, just a little uh, compact camera, mm-hmm. probably made by Panasonic, really, but it's got the little red badge on it, and it <laughs> takes a pretty nice picture. Yeah, yeah it takes a, takes a damn good picture. Uh, when push comes to shove, uh, I guess, at this time, what is your favorite camera to be shooting these days? Uh, you know, I've got a Nikon uh, FM2N, which is just a lovely little SLR 35mm. So sharp, you can run in some ektar and some slide film through it. It just ah. looks really nice, yeah. A man after Mike Rasso's heart shooting slide film, yes. Uh, do you cross-process any of your film or you go right to slide? You know, when I'm shooting in the uh, in the FM2N, I, I don't cross-process it, but I have a little Lomo LCA, mm-hmm. and I put some slide film in that and cross-process that. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool effect. Yeah, you, you like doing that? Yeah, I like it. It's just something different, you know, very contrasty. I don't always work out so well, but uh-huh. when they do, they do. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of Lomo, though, isn't it? Uh, and uh, let's talk about some film. What have you been shooting lately film-wise? I've been shooting some Fuji Sensia 100 and that... Uh, and that Nikon, and also some Ektar 100, uh-huh. and some uh, some uh, black and white film mm-hmm. as well. well. How are you liking the Fuji film? I like it really, really. I like it a lot. Actually, they've got a great range from that uh, Superior Extra 400 right up to the slide film, mm-hmm. and uh, I think there's something for everyone in their in their lineup. Oh, well, great. Uh, let me see what else I have to ask you here, Andy. Hold on. Oh, what's your shoe size? No, stop it. So here's the question, and the question is, what do you like about the FPP, listening to the FPP? What I like about the FPP is it makes me laugh. Right? I listen to it on my commute into New York City, and it puts a smile on my face in the morning. And there's not many things that can do that. Ah, well, 
We appreciate that very much, Andy, and thanks for listening. And thanks for talking to us. Let me see what else I have to ask you. Oh, how about the show here? Have you had a chance to go inside uh, and see the show, or what show? No show. I have not had a chance to go and have a look yet. I'm looking forward to it. There's some uh, new Fuji uh, mirrorless cameras out that I'm quite interested in having a play with and getting my hands on, so that's one of the main reasons that uh, I'll be heading over to the Fuji booth. Are you, are you looking to make a purchase soon in that uh, arena? Yeah, I might do. I, I shoot digital as well, so uh, I'm just looking for something a little smaller than my uh, Nikon D80, and that might fit the bill. Well, good luck to you, Andy. Good to see you. Thanks so much. Hey, man, do you know Michael Sanchez? <laughs> Mike's, of course. Great guy. Not flashy with the cameras, yeah. but he's always got like the really good stuff. He always has the really good stuff, but he's subdued. Yeah, he's just cool about it. Oh, well, this year he, uh, he brought... He really wanted to get into uh, Polaroid instant photography. Bought a pack camera after seeing all the pack cameras we brought to the NYC meetup. Is that right? And, oh, uh, and, F. And then he bought a 360. <laughs> F. <laughs> and it's yeah. the, the worst. Polaroid automatic land camera, awesome camera, instant camera, uses the peel type film. The, the model <laughs> to avoid is the Polaroid 360. Because there's no there's no PC it there's you can't no put a, way flash to get a flash on it. On it. Yeah. You you only can use a proprietary flash, which I guess you could find one, right? Yeah, they're they're pretty hard to find though. Yeah. And then like if the connection goes, F. And I saw I, I, I saw you I saw you and Mike Sanchez like fiddle faddling, like the film was getting jammed. What was going on there? Oh man, it was completely F. And he said he was having like uh, tension issues with the, the ba- oh. getting the film in there. He took off the springs and it was still F. Yeah. So it's too bad because, like, I, I think he still wants to get in on, on the Pactastic action. Yeah, I think yeah. He's still not, not completely discouraged, but he does great street work, and I think adding that to his you know, repertoire would be yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, uh, we interviewed Michael. Let's, uh, let's roll that in. This is FPP's Man on the Street at PDN, sitting here with other Mike, as I call him. Um, how are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great. I'm doing yeah. great. What'd you bring today to PDM? I uh, brought a Nikon F100 and a Mamiya 7.2. That's what I got actually right here. It's a great, <laughs> great camera. Yeah, I got the black one. Yeah. So for those who didn't hear last year, how long have you been listening to FPP? Uh, since 2010. 2010. So not the longest, but a good respectable amount. Right, right, right. Um, religiously, every 15 days... I go to sleep listening to it. Yeah, wish it could be long. Wish it could be a shorter amount of time. But. I know, I know. You know, you're checking on the 13, you know, or iTunes. Like, oh, it's not, there's no new one. Come on. Yeah, I mean. And then when it gets here, it takes like two hours to download. I use iTunes, so it's, it's stream, you know, it's, I get it. As soon as I just click play, touch playing the show, you know, a lot of guys complain about, oh, download is too long, whatever. Now, I just go on iTunes click and that's it but uh, i love it love it you know i've been coming to these meet uh meetups and pdn this is my third one my third meetup i was it last year here and then we did the one in may and then this as long as i keep doing it i will keep coming yeah so have you gotten a chance to look around the show yet at all or I came in yesterday came in yesterday yes i had to um because the last time we came was my first time and we did this i didn't have a chance to walk around so i said tomorrow i come walked around looked around you know and got tired of walking. Yeah. A lot of stuff to look at, but now just mainly this, just yeah. just doing this. 
seen a lot of film stuff, or has digital taken over? Ah, uh, digital's taken over. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Kodak is still handing out films. It's still, but yeah, digital's taken over. Sorry, uh, it's, it's it's sad, but it is. Heard a rumor that Sony has some tintypes, and they've done them a little weird. Someone, I went to, I did tintypes yesterday, and someone said, if you want to see an example of tintypes without purpose, go to Sony tomorrow. Really? No, I didn't even go to Sony. Okay. I, all right. Well, we'll have to check that out. Right, exactly. We'll have to. Um, no, I didn't really. I, I was looking more mainly at Flash. Um, other than just the big Nikon or whatever. I do have a Nikon digital camera, but I wasn't that much interested in it. Because um, it's too, too many equipment. Too many, it's the same thing every year. The digital is the same, you know. I had a, I, yesterday, my friend needed to borrow my digital camera, and I hadn't pulled out in months, and she couldn't use it because the battery was dead. <laughs> uh, I do use mine. I, I, I have mine. But just, just the, you know, for taking pictures. Just, you know, just, just post it or whatever. But... It's just, you know, digital is, is, you know, it's reached its peak, you know. You walk around now and you're going, okay, 24 megapixels. Okay, 22. It's like enough is enough. So, you know, like I said, I have a, I have a Nikon 600. So, and I got it. And it's nice and everything, but it's boring. Digital boards are boring. Uh, so, uh, that's why I came yesterday to look at it, all digital stuff, whatever's available. Went to the uh, Kodak uh, booth. Got three, two rolls of 120, one of 35. Portra, of course. Um, the line is long, of course. So there's people still interested in film. I'm glad, you know. Well, thank you, Mike. Hunter. Wow, that that concludes the uh, all the folks, all the FPPers that showed up. We have uh, two two more special special interviews and a contest coming up. But let's take a quick break and pay some bills. Yeah, visit our store, dudes. And dudettes. <laughs> dudettes. <laughs> hey, it's Mike Rosso here doing a live commercial here on the radio with all the guys in the studio. Let's talk about, talk about your your brand new camera, what you're selling. Yes, uh, there's a, a brand new camera in the FPP store. Ooh, really? and it's, a, it's a plastic, film-tastic 120. Yeah, a one. <laughs> this is known as a 120 debonair camera. Ooh. It takes 16 shots per roll of 120 roll like film. It. It's not a Holga. It's not a Diana. It's made at a mysterious, unknown factory in Hong Kong. Nice. Sometime in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. An FPP just acquired a boatload. Sitting in a box somewhere it. in a warehouse. All literally these. a boatload. Literally a, bo- a boatload. It has a. Uh, a F8 60 millimeter super lens. It's super. It is. Sure is super. And you can tell it's super because it says super. It has a uh, hot shoe on top. Hot, hot shoe. Ooh. And you, you folks out there can have this camera. Oh. Yeah. How? Really? Yeah. How? How do we get that? You camera? go to filmphotographyproject.com. You click the store, and then you go to uh, 120 film cameras, and there it is. So That's this is a great awesome. 120 star awesome. camera. Yes, this is You're a plastic scared to camera. Get into one tr- 120 because it's a little bit bigger format. Than if yours, you've yeah. never shot 120 roll film before, this is the perfect camera to start, start with. Ooh, look at that, Dave! Perfect camera to start with roll <laughs> film, and then once you advance, like you know, 
TLRs and more professional cameras, this is a good camera just to keep in your bag oh, because yeah. it's going to give you those dreamy sort of yep. something, something. Good, good sound. Can you, you get double, triple, awesome. quadruple exposure. Sounds like a weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out. And yeah, of course, breaks, you could use it to whack weeds. <laughs> and of course, by visiting thefilmphotographystore.com also helps keep us going here at the Film Photography Podcast. Thank you very much. I like how on the bo- on the box it says take Can sixteen pictures in color or black and white. Like you, like you might need a different camera for color and a different a camera for black and white. Is anybody listening to me? I'm Wait, talking. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's my tea. The box shows it with a really freaky looking flash. Yeah, yeah, flash doesn't come with a flash. I know. That's mm. Flash wouldn't even fit in the box. It looks like a flash cube. Ooh, ooh. Any purchase over five thousand dollars on the FPP this store is huge gets a free debonair. It's got the little tabs, so oh. it'll hold a thirty-five oh. canister really nicely. Oh, so you Here can sprockets. We're already modding it. Yeah, DIY with your new uh, Filmtastic, plastic Filmtastic 120 camera. You can put a 35mm cartridge in there and then shoot what's known as sprockets. Sprockets. Awesome. Just He's all over the debonair. I yeah. love these. These are like, I love, they're so light. And what are those going for? $19.99. I'm going to get me one. Or free with $10,000 oh, okay. purchase. <laughs> Sold. 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 Thank you very much. Yeah. Wow, two sales right here on the show. <laughs> Breaking news. Go to your family's basements, your family's attic, drawers. Turn things upside down and look for your family's 110 film camera. Yep, 110 film is back. The film photography store is now stocking fresh 110 film. And if you don't have a camera, 110 new and vintage cameras. That's right, filmphotographystore.com. Support the FPP. Check out, try, revitalize your interest in 110 film. 110 film is back. You thinking about trying it? You've never shot 110? Now's the time to do it. Filmphotographystore.com. We're carrying the new Lomography, the Orca 110 black and white. That's 100 ASA 110 film. The Lomography Tiger. Tiger 200 film. That's 200 ASA color film. And the Fugatsu. 400 color film. That's 400 ASA color film. Never, ever, ever would I thought that 2012 would have brought such awesome new 110 film stocks. Now's the time to check it out. Filmphotographystore.com. It helps the FPP. Very appreciative of all the folks that have been to the Film Photography Store over the last year. We're celebrating our one-year anniversary of having our online store. Please do check it out. Thank you very much. Yeah, I have a one. This is a 110 camera, which we haven't gotten to yet. We will not get to this show. It's a box of stuff here. Oh, my from God. Imagine That in Finlay, Ohio. 110 extravaganza. Uh, thank you, Leslie. And here, real, real fast, because we're talking about, like, dude and dudettes. <laughs> this is a 110. It's called uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Talking Camera. It's like, look, it's chunky. It's, like, big. Yeah, well, uh, that's the voice box that makes it a little chunky. Yeah, it's a 110 camera that I, I was hoping it, you know, put the little imprint. It puts them on the frame. Doesn't, yeah. yeah. But this is an awesome camera. You know, we, 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 uh, uh, Brandon from Fujifilm is going to want to hear this. We saving the best for last. <laughs> oh, my god. Right, gosh. Brandon? Oh, my god. <laughs> I get a little ribbing from Brandon. Yeah. Uh, look, we are, we, we are somewhat Kodak heavy here at the FPP. Yeah. Very much the way... You know what? He's I gotta, a regular listener. Yeah. That's what's, like, I was not expecting that. No. 
Because a lot of guys, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, if you go home. They, you know, they've listened to 30 seconds of one episode. People, I mean, this is work for these folks. I mean, they live it all day. They go home. They're not going to be listening to FPP. Mm-hmm. Thrilled. Brandon listens to FPP. He contacted us on Facebook. He sent me an email this year. He's like, hey, man, come down to the Fuji booth. I was like, can you do a hookup, some film? He's like, I don't know. It's kind of late, but I'm going to see what I can do. So he had like a big surprise for he, us. He did that and more. He did. It was another. It was Better than last year because last year there was a shower of film and everyone was very cool, but I didn't know anybody. Yeah, we kind of just we kind of just stomped in and like demanded we, film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this year uh, I was in contact with Brandon who uh, w- with Fuji Film USA. We walk into the booth and he's like, "Oh, I got some surprises for you guys. I got a lot of surprises for you guys. Big surprise, big surprise." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "You're not gonna believe the surprise." So I'm thinking, <laughs> "I'm like, what could it be? You know, summer home." <laughs> You know, what is it going to be? So he's like, wait here. And then like from around a corner, I thought it was almost like he wheeled him in. But of course, he wasn't on wheels. It's like, there's Scott DiSabato, formerly of Kodak. Yeah. I was like, whoa, Scott, what are you doing here? It's, 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 (laughs) you know, it's. It's not sad news. Everything happens for a reason, and everything happens just the way it is. There were there were layoffs at Kodak. Yeah, well, but what I was amazed with is that, like, you know, everybody's cool. Everybody knows each other. They're yeah. all friendly. They're all yeah. you know palling around. So, so sadly, Scott, who was who was you know Kodak rep last year, Scott DiSpato is not no longer with Kodak. When you go to the show, Scott has the energy. Thank goodness, you know. I mean, Kodak had tons of good energy about film. Still, oh, yeah. of course. Uh, but went to the show, and I didn't. Ex- we didn't expect to see Scott. No, not at all. So Brandon from Fujifilm introduced us to the new Scott DiSpato, who now works for Canson. Yep. And what is Canson, Matt? Inkjet, primarily inkjet paper company, mm-hmm. but they also have some of the best uh, fine art printing materials for alternative process uncoated papers. Okay. So like really high-end uh, mold-made cotton papers, uh, wood papers, uh, Japanese kozo, like really, really high-end stuff. Like right. I print with some of their papers. Arches Platine being like top, top, tops. Right. And you got to chat with them. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's roll it in. Hey folks, Matt Mirage here. I'm on the PDN Photo Plus Expo 2012 floor with, oh my gosh, Scott DiSabato. How are you, Scott? I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. We're having a good show here for sure. Yeah, and, and I'm actually at the, the Canson booth right now, right? That's right. Um, yeah, I started working with uh, Canson a little bit earlier this year. Uh, fabulous company with a, an amazing reputation in the fine art space. Uh, and about uh, four years ago, they introduced uh, the most amazing line of inkjet, fine art inkjet papers out there, frankly, because they've really relied on the 500 years of heritage uh, in making fine art papers, uh, photo rag, uh, Barita papers. Oh, just amazing quality. Absolutely. Um, and, and really what we're looking at that people can't see oh, right now yeah. are uh, uh, platinum palladium prints that are done on our Arches uh, platine paper. It, it is the paper for platinum palladium alternative print process. It's it's smooth. It's per, it's per, as permanent as you can get. A 100% cotton rag. Nice heavy weight. Shows beautiful tonality. It's just like, it's the best. Yeah. You know, photography and art uh, deserve that sort of treatment. And, you know, what we're looking at, everyone, is uh, also uh, uh, beautiful hand-torn uh, deckle edges uh, that form naturally and then through hand-tearing at uh, the Arches Mill in, in France. And that's an amazing process right there. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. You know, Canson uh, uh, either, you know, in a loud way or a quiet way has 
has always been playing in the historic and alternative photography. Because they've just been around. <laughs> Absolutely. We've been there. And uh, actually on the other side, in addition to the platinum palladium, uh, we also have uh, cyanotype and uh, carbon print. Carbon? Oh, my gosh. I'm the carbon guy. So yeah. this is great. Okay. you got to make your mind up. Now, who are you? Uh, I, I, it's just the I, carbon. It has to be carbon. So, yeah. But yeah. It, it's really fun to... Uh, to help people understand the history, the legitimacy of our company in the photo space. Uh, even though the Infinity Line was only introduced about four years ago, uh, we have a lot of people that have discovered it, use it. and I've been printing on some, so yeah. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah. We'll make sure you get to print with a little bit more before you leave today. Oh, so, fantastic. Yeah. So um, it's a really exciting time. I think that we have uh, the best portfolio of fine art paper out there uh, for, the, uh, for the photographer. Uh, we have uh, all of our fiber-based papers uh, uh, are 100% acid-free. They contain no optical brighteners, and they have earned the museum seal, uh, uh, the Infinity Seal, which is how we got our income. Which, folks, means it's not going to fade next year, two years from now, ten years from now, or 50 years from now. This stuff just holds on. Yeah, it's important stuff. I mean, as, as photography grows the way it is right now and establishes itself as... Uh, as fine art, it is very important that the materials we use uh, reinforce that and uh, the care and the storage and, and making your images um, uh, really help help the art form out, frankly, and, and using the Canson Infinity line is a huge step uh, to create great looking prints and ones that will last as long as uh, possible right now with technology. Yeah, what we always stress to our listeners is get out there. Print, print, print your work. I mean, everybody's shooting more, but we just need we just need to print them to get them onto paper. And when we get them onto a paper, we want it to last. Yeah. No, it's exciting. You know, I, I think I think digital has provided so many great tools for um, for a predictable mm -hmm. workflow. Uh, but I think at any point, introducing anything analog, uh, you know, uh, offers great interpretation. It also offers, um, uh, you know. Uh, your fingerprint, a signature oh, yeah. that makes that piece individual and unique. Well, Scott, this is just uh, fantastic to see you again and to just kind of explore a little bit more of, of what you guys do at Canson. I've, uh, I've seen a couple of your your Infinity Line papers. Uh, my favorite is probably the uh, the photo rag uh, Beretta. Okay, sure. That's uh, just kind of like, dare I say, like my proofing <laughs> medium. But yeah, it's it's a, it's amazing to. The, the contrast and tonality you can get on that, and I believe there's one of your um, one of your inkjet papers I've actually used for regular wet photo processes as well. That's how well it holds up. Okay, wow. <laughs> I, you're not supposed to, but no. <laughs> Front or back? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the Brita is a fantastic product. There's no doubt about it. Um, a lot of manufacturers uh, put a put a coating of barium uh, uh, sulfate. Barium sulfate. Yep. Um, what we use is an extra thick layer that's very, very similar to what you would have in a black and white photographic paper. And that is the reason it has the look, the feel, the depth. I think the D-Max we're able to achieve with this product. Well, it's amazing. You're looking at some different samples right now from a, a, a flatter rag paper. Even a photogloss cream, this just has punch to it. It's, and that's the barium sulfate. Yeah, it, it's it's quite a quite a portfolio. Yeah, and the Brita for black and white and high color is, is just amazing. And and we also have 100% cotton uh, platine. Uh, 
rag fiber, or fiber rag, which uh, is also an amazing uh, product if you want a little bit more of a photo look to your, uh, your artwork. And, uh, and, you know, as you go down the list of uh, photo types, you know, the rag photographique mm -hmm. is, is a matte surface, but so smooth and able to really convey the, the shadow detail um, like no other matte surface. And, and this one, definitely, you can tell it's a, it's a more natural paper, no, no extra whiteners or anything added to it. Yeah, but many times you'll see that um, uh, our white point, which we achieve naturally, uh, can actually exceed some of our competitors. But you're absolutely right, there are no optical brighteners uh, whatsoever in our in our rag papers. And uh, and, and that's, that's important. Uh, the, the OBAs will, will change over time, mm -hmm. and your your print will. And let's face it, uh, those brighteners, uh, you know, can attack the cotton fiber in, in, mm -hmm. in the paper. So, for for the folks out there that are listening to all this all this stuff for the first time, you know, you're you're printing out something that you want to last. You're going to put it on the best paper you can, um, and Canson offers just some of the finest. Made. I mean, and you guys t aren't just bringing in a lot of your own paper. You're bringing in Reeves. You have Platine. So you, you guys are working with some of the finest names in printmaking. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, um, uh, the BFK Reeves, the Arches Aquarelle, um, the Villan. Uh, just amazing, especially when you want to experiment with a little more texture. It's kind of fun to watch. Uh, as I as I look at where we're selling product and um, in, in the art channels, uh, we're seeing that they're very attracted to the the, the photo surfaces. Mm -hmm. um, they love that. That's kind of new and different for the mediums they typically work. And the in. photographers are looking at the textured, right? Uh, yeah. First, uh, <laughs> you know, the platine and Barita, an exception, just because they're really just exceptionally popular. Uh, but yeah, there's a real real interest in some of the more highly textured papers, some of the watercolor. Uh, origin papers um, and some of the printing papers that we have, like BFK Reeves. Yeah. Well, that's just fantastic. Uh, we ha I have to go gawk at the carbon print now for a little bit. Thanks again, Scott. It's it's great seeing you as always. That's oh, awesome. It's always good talking to Scott. Yeah. It's like I was telling you earlier before the show. Like I, I wish Scott sold everything we sold. <laughs> Or like everything we we offer because I just love talking to him. Yeah, great, awesome salesman, and even just better guy just to chat around with. You can tell he's passionate about what he does. Yep. Um, you know, it was it's funny. He was only like ten feet from the Kodak booth. Yeah, yeah. Just like could have walked over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This year, but we didn't know. We would not have known he's there if if uh, Brandon didn't introduce us. No, no. You know, he, uh, we were talking about. Uh, he was talking about the folks that are, are now there. You know, doing doing what he was doing at the show. Uh, highly recommended. Um, yeah, all the guys we talked to. So it was, it's really, really good to to hear from him and uh, see all the positive attitude. Yeah, after we met Scott and and we we recorded that interview, uh, then we hung out in the Fuji booth for probably an hour, and yeah, for uh, good reason. <laughs> yes, for good reason. And uh, Hunter and you're both you both you and Hunter we were recording uh, Wild Sound, which is like just natural sound recording. We got to hear some of the frenzied stuff going on. Oh, I was I was like so in the moment I completely forgot I was just like holding out my mic. Yeah. So basically, there was this locked glass cabinet filled with film that uh, Brandon liquidated to FPP. He was just saving it because Saturday is the wind down last day. Yeah. Of the show, we were probably like the last big thing that was coming yep. by, and he really hooked us up. He did. He did. Uh, Matt is going to be testing some eight by ten film, Fuji film. What type is it? This is um, some of their nicest slide film. It's uh, 8x10 
Fujichrome Provia 100F, and that is like their natural mm-hmm. or neutral film. So, you know, it's you can kind of say the colors on this are the truth. It's like right. whatever the color was in the scene, it's going to reproduce it perfectly. Yeah. And I was actually, um, I, I ended up deciding on, on Ektar for a project, but my other standby was I was going to do Provia. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to test out and see what it looks like. See what it looks like because I'm still really on the fence. Yeah. And uh, I'm just really excited. Just kind of like cards fell in the right place. And have you, have you seen an eight by ten slide yet? Did I bring any? No. Oh uh, yes, yes you did. Yes. Okay. It's it's mind numbing to look at a eight by ten transparency. Oh, and I think it'd be a dream to shoot something on eight by ten chrome because if you if you really do it right and you have your process nailed down, like you can just display it. Right. Like put it in a backlit frame and you're done. Mm-hmm. That's like another just whew, relief. Yeah. So let's, you know, uh, so the, the, the key went in. We actually hear some of the sound. The yeah. key goes in, and um, Matt's going to be testing the 8x10. Uh, some of the 4x5, I'm going to be testing the 4x5. Hunter's going to be shooting the 4x5. Mm-hmm. And then the film started flying. <laughs> really started flying. 35 yeah. millimeter, 120. And we asked some questions as he was giving it out. Like, you know, what is, well, everyone was waiting for this Neopan. Yeah. You know, so, so in this little sound frenzy, You'll hear Brandon giving out film and chatting about the film as well. And you kind of get an idea of the energy in the room, although it's in a booth. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's roll that. And then I brought one of the last surviving packs. Oh! Back! Back! I'm putting you in charge of this. Okay. And then, because I knew you guys were all film fanatics, I brought a bunch <gasps> of... Free 35 or 120 slide mailers. Whoa! Nice. As you know, though, we want to give you guys some film. Okay. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of film you got? Well, we, you know, I'm just. I figured we might as well just empty the cabinet over there. Ooh. I have a backpack. <laughs> uh, the most exciting thing. We're gonna roll the actual interview you did with Brandon. Oh, cool. When you, we talked about what. It, what it, why don't you inter- intro that? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, people are always asking questions. More often than not, folks are asking, like, the hard questions that, that folks, you know, working for an international company at the national or, lo- or regional sales level cannot answer. Mm-hmm. Just corporate structure. They just can't answer it. You know, we're there to get as, as, much, of, you know, as much of the facts as we can, but just kind of play it cool. So, you know, this is a really easy conversation with Brandon about what's out there, what's available, and, you know, what's kind of the direction they're heading with film. And the the feeling I got from it is they're still super positive about a lot of their slide films. Um, FP100 FP C still supported the uh, F- Fuji Instax Mini, really popular. Usually In- popular. Instax wide. They had an Instax booth like, yes. right near where we were having our film frenzy. And as we were growing our crowd with the film, give- the film giveaways, there was more people attracted to the booth getting their you know, free picture on Instax. So it was, really, it was a really upbeat kind of conversation we had. Yeah, good. Roll that, roll that in. Roll that in. Hey, FPP listeners, this is Matt. I'm back on the PDN Photo Plus Expo 2012 floor talking with Brandon Remler from Fujifilm. USA? North America. Nor- Ooh, North America. You- I- I'm at the Fujifilm booth, huge booth this year, and I- I'm standing in front of, it looks like uh, looks like Mike's Pizza Friday wall, but it's all this all this Instax. We have Instax wide, Instax mini. What's going on? Well, we certainly, we love the Instax product. We've had it for a bunch of years in the country. We have our four cameras that we're demoing here, 
You, of course, see over there the 3D Instax Mini, which we love that setup, yeah. so people get to jump in the frame, get a free picture. Very cool. So uh, you said four cameras. Which ones are those? Well, we have the Mini 7S, we have the Mini 25, we have the Mini 50S, and then the Instax Wide 210. Okay, great. And then there was another camera that was just announced at uh, Photokina, right? Yep. We are introducing the Instax Mini 8, which will be the exciting thing about that. It'll have a little bit of a new form factor in the shape of the camera, but it'll also come in uh, multiple colors. Well, fantastic. It seems like, a, I mean, there is a huge line for for people to get their Fuji Instax portraits, so there seems like a lot of people jazzed about it. Yeah, I think the key is, and you guys, you know, certainly represent it well, that the people just love analog and having a print is as fun as it is and easy as Instax is, is really what uh, memories are all about. Yeah, one of my new favorite, uh, you know, instant cameras is having an Instax Mini at a party because you can use them, they're like makeshift, you know, gifts, business cards, you can use them for just about anything you can think of. You know, I think, well, I mean, absolutely you can. I think maybe we should see if there are any actually in the back closet, maybe give one out to the group. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. We have tons of uh, folks into shooting it. I know so, uh, myself, Mike, and uh, some other listeners also order the film specialty from uh, Hong Kong to get the borders. Oh yeah, we're, we are looking into bringing in some new borders for next year. I don't think we'll have quite as much as they do overseas. We'll probably start slow with the rainbow color borders and see. Oh, those are fantastic. I mean, uh, the Impossible Nego film that they had was huge. They just always sell out of it. So I think it would go over really well for you guys. Well, I think we'll do it. Very cool. Um, so you guys, you guys give us some fantastic free <laughs> E6 uh, envelopes. Speaking of E6, uh, what's you know what's still offered by uh, Fuji E6 wise? Well, there there's two ways to look at it. We certainly do have a lot of films in the market, as well as we just did announce the discontinuation of a couple. So, first, what's current mm -hmm. is the Velvia 50 in small format, small roll okay. format. Format. Then we <clears throat> then we have the Velvia 100 in uh, multiple formats, the Provia 100F in all formats, 35 to 8 by 10. Yeah, I just ordered some 8 by 10 for a project, so. <laughs> nice, and it looks like you might get lucky over here with an, a box of 8 by 10. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yep. And uh, so we have those three chrome films, and then we have Provia 400F. Oh, okay. In 35 and 120, and then of course negative films. We have the Pro 400H and the Riala 120, which that was just announced that it will be discontinued and the last orders are going in now, but we'll probably see it left over in the market for anywhere from 6 to 12 months. I okay, think. great. One thing that we, we should really point out, you know, you guys are the only ones that are doing E6. I mean, you're, you're it. Yeah, well, I mean, we're thrilled to be able to support that part of the market. And like we just went over, you know, we have three or four film, uh, four or five, because also we have the tungsten film. Oh, that's right. You know, and we're doing our national lab processing, so it makes it easy for folks in, you know, maybe some of the bigger, not in the bigger metropolitan areas to buy some mailers mm -hmm. or maybe win some mailers from the FPP. And exactly. Then, and then, uh, you know, shoot E6 like it, as easy it was in the old days. I think the crowd is getting crazy. Yeah, they're the, if you can hear it, folks, they're they're getting really geared up over there. They're going to crack open the safe, and it's going to be pandemonium. So, uh, yeah, let, let, let's head over there now. Thanks a lot, Brandon. All right, you're welcome. It was fun. And when it was all said and done, when all the film was given out, there was some lots of leftover stuff plus. Oh, my gosh. So in a future episode, we're going to be doing a Fujifilm giveaway. Hi. Yep. But exciting, this episode, for folks out there who are in, new to instant photography, certainly we've been amazingly Polaroid and Impossible Project heavy. Amazingly. And the only thing I've been chatting about in the past shows about Instax, of course, is the Polaroid 300, where I can't post a blog, photograph, note, or Facebook post without someone correcting me. Yeah. <laughs> telling me that, oh, by the way, you know that Polaroid 300 is actually made by Fuji and is Instax Mini. 
Well, thank you very much. That is old news, everybody. <laughs> we all know that. Do not post that again. <laughs> we know it. But today, we, <laughs> we have an actual camera. It's, yeah. What is it, Matt? This is the, uh, the Fujifilm Instax Mini 7S. This is the, the white model. Yep. So a very clean, simple-looking uh, insect. Mind if I crack her oh, open? Oh, crack her open. Do a... Ooh. All right. So got this. Uh-oh. It's like boxception. I got box within oh, a box. Nice. Batteries included. Thank you, Fuji. Nicely wraps. So, yeah, this is just your, uh, this is your standard Instax Mini. You know, it turns on by... Pulling the pulling the front lens out, charging up. Uh, we have a couple different shooting modes: indoor, clouds, sunny, really sunny. <laughs> and then you know you just have a shutter button. Hey, power that baby up! Oh, all right, let's get it up. I'm already uh, getting ready to trick it out. Nice. But no, I you know I really uh, over the the past couple months I've been seeing folks that are not. They're not film geeks in the slightest. They they're not regular, you know, photographers or shooters. But they're getting turned on to the Instax, Instax Wide, and Instax Mini because it's available. They can go to Walmart, they can go to Target, go to Kmart, and get their get their films. And that's just it's such a big deal, just to let people yes. know that it's out there. It's not even really advertised. It's just it's not. It's but just, anyone that sees this, if you you if you and your buddies. <laughs> Or you, if you're in the, the, you know, the hipster crowd. Yeah. Or at the chiller. <laughs> or if you have a family. Or if you are a chi- Any application. Whatever you may do, or whatever you may do, whatever you may be, everyone loves instant photography. They love seeing an image pop out of the front yeah. of the camera. Let's, uh, let's load this baby up. All right. Now, I've been talking about this camera for... Forever. Forever. <laughs> Because I've been I've been talking about the Polaroid 300 model, which Target sells. Yep. It's the same camera. Same camera. Yeah. Uh, so whether you use Polaroid 300 film or Instax Mini film, they all work. And this is an awesome camera, and I'm thrilled to be giving one away, courtesy of Fujifilm. Oh, they line up the yeah, the yellows line up. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Easy to load. Child could load it. I just did. <laughs> Uh, pop the uh, lens out. Is it blinking? It's blinking. So we'll do indoor. You gotta bl- uh, when it turns green, you'll uh, get rid of the dark slide for a shot. Ooh. There Let me go. hold up that box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take a few shots here in the studio. Let me uh, make it nicey nice. Nicey nice. So no, this is it's a really nice small camera. The the grip feels good in the hand. Yep. You can kind of carry it around. Um, if anybody is still wearing, um, remember like the carpenter jeans that were popular? Yeah. You can stick it in those. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> we're right. going to shoot a few shots here Turn with it. Around. Okay, there we go. Let's get, uh, yes, I can't even, I cannot believe how awesome this is. Nice. And one, one thing I, I love about Instax is. I take another. Okay. It, it just comes up so fast. Give, give me some. Yeah. Yes. yes. Nice. Oh, listen to that. Oh, here you're already coming up. Let me get one more. Okay. So this is a white Fuji instant camera model number the Mini 7S. Mini 7S. And you go to filmphotographyproject.com, our website. I also I think our, I think it's film photography. Let me check here the old webity web. Film Photography 
project dot com forward slash giveaways. Filmphotographyproject.com forward slash giveaways and enter this awesome contest. If you're listening to the show, what show? This is this contest is running from you could enter from November fifteenth, twenty twelve to November thirtieth, twenty twelve. Get your entries in. And if you listen to this show in an archive, don't worry about it. Go to filmphotographyproject.com forward slash giveaways and see what we're giving away right now. We're always giving something away. Yeah, we're always giving something away. Man, oh man, I got a secret for all you folks out there. For the winner of this camera, or if you walk into Wally Mart, <laughs> if you walk into Walmart, or if you walk into Target, or if you walk into like uh, any other store that carries these cameras, you could buy the white frame film. Coming soon in the U.S. is the colored borders film. And if you're very bold and brave, go on eBay.com, and they have all sorts of crazy border films. They have anime characters, Marvel characters. Whoa, whoa, whoa anime characters? Yeah. Oh, I gotta buy some. Garfield, uh, Disney characters, Barbie borders, Halloween borders, holiday borders. Fun, 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 and you can go online, by the way, and you could buy. I bought a. This is actually a Disney Mickey Mouse. Uh, might my bar see the camera there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can buy a close-up adapter. How close? I used to, you know, talk. I talked early on about close-up adapter adapters. Uh, how close? You like can get what, like a foot, foot and a half. Uh, Forty to sixty centimeters. We talked about this at the chiller. Yeah, it's like a, it's like somewhere just about a foot and a half max. So real, real close. Yeah, you could just like shoot yourself. It's like arm's length. I call them MySpace pictures. Yeah, or the duck face shots the girls do, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Mike's doing Handsome Mike right now. I'll have a couple photos of that coming up on the Flickr. <laughs> Matt, you got to do one for All yourself. Right. All right. One or two, do two so we can get a, get a good one. Oh, oh, there's a mirror on yeah, here a so mirror. you can see yourself doing the duck face. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Great. This is just so, like, how is this not the perfect party camera? Awesome. I, I always talk about it like that, but I, I'm serious, like... You know, Mike, you had your, your jacket on, if it's a little classier party when we were at Chiller. Yep. Just pop them in your pocket, go through them later. You know, what was the only thing, like, all the girls could do when they see this? Oh, oh, like, everybody thinks they're so cute. Uh, the Japanese term, kawaii. Try another one with that over it. So oh, oh I'm diff- diffusing the flash. Yeah, if you're shooting ultra close-ups, the, uh, the close-up adapter is not, sadly, not in the box, but you can get that easily on the bay. Nice. Matt and I are now Instax crazy. We're just like, we're, just we're, like, we're ripping through Yeah, we're ripping through packs here. Like, wow. Nice. I'm glad they're twin packs. Exactly. <laughs> the film's really accessible, easy to find, and it's, it's fairly inexpensive, too. I was, so. I was describing this to, to Brandon when we were talking, and like, he seemed kind of shocked that I, of the notion. But yeah. I think if you're like on the fly, don't have like a business card or anything like identifying, these are business card size. Yeah. Take a quick picture, sign your name, yep. phone number, hand you it know, out. And something like that. You're done. Yep. Uh, uh, duh. Matt <laughs> mentioned Chiller, which, by the way, I, I brought my uh, Polaroid three, uh, 300 camera, which is th- this camera, same camera. I brought my Instax camera, my Polaroid 300 camera, to what's known as the Chiller Theater Horror Expo. Matt rolled into downtown a little early, and this show was... Show. <laughs> it's the East Coast's largest toy model and film expo, where they have like celebrities, like they have the whole Porky's cast there. And like uh, Mario Bava cast members, like uh, like uh, Barbara Steele, 
and uh, all sorts of anime stuff. Yeah, there was there was like it was funny because I'm a big like nerd. I go to the anime conventions, some of the comic conventions, and it's like same same folks, a little older, just slightly different stuff. It was it was pretty cool. Um, as someone that regularly goes to conventions, it was it was kind of cool. So I was shooting that border film I was talking about, the Halloween Borders Instax film yes. at the Chillers show. So much fun, which I'll put on the show notes page. I don't know about you, Matt, but I am exhausted. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we covered so much this this particular episode. And we have so much to go. Yeah, yeah. Not this show. What show? So uh, we will be returning in two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Let's roll some uh, music in from the uh, FPP guys, Smooth Sailors. Let's roll, roll the roll. <laughs> and I want to thank everyone that came to the PDN Photo Expo. I want to thank Mr. Kodak, Audrey, Colleen, Keith. I mean, I feel like I'm at Academy Awards now. Brandon, <laughs> the Fuji film, all the FPPers that showed up, Hunter Man on the Street. Thank you very much. Everybody. John. Without, without everybody's help, we just couldn't have made it as big and as successful as yeah. it was. And that means you guys, not, not just film matters, you guys matter too. You know, without you, there is no us. Without the reverse enthusiasm, which brings me to write to us at podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if I've been getting a lot lately, uh, some snail mail. If you want to put pen to paper or typewriter, if you want to type us a letter, <laughs> it's, we're at uh, P.O. Box 152, Butler, New Jersey, 07405. And we'll see you next time.
one, two, three, forget about it. Boston Luna Pro. You want to send the kid for my Jeff Fresh? One, two, three, forget about Super it. Super amazing. K14. K41. Boston Luna Pro F. You are a meat. One, two, three, forget about it. Summer sun, the 
is losing sustain let the winter